Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. And of course, uh, you can, uh, of course, download the app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Oh, we've got the keyboard back. Uh, we've got Dow3000 there clicking and uh, striking away at his keyboard. He's passed at it. And some new pictures behind him. What do you got be- behind you, Dow? They're on the right side. I didn't see that before. Uh, let's see. I got, of course, got my Reagan. Um, yeah, that right there. I've not haven't seen that. What is that? Uh, that is uh, Uncle Didi and the six year old digging for worms to go fishing uh, around 20, 2009, oh, 2010. Okay, yeah. There you go. <laughs> now he's going to be off to college this year. And uh, well, uh, I, I won't count him in uh, what we are going to be talking about. Uh, well, let, first, let's give you kind of like a big picture. The whole show today is just designed to get you to focus on work. It's post Labor Day. Yesterday, we were about 75% capacity. People were starting to get back to work. Now we're sort of in the thick of things uh, again. It's going to be a short week. Friday's the, the football game. I don't know. How many damn excuses can we come up with not to work? I, I'm literally sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of the world not working, not going to work. I'm sick of looking at, you know, vacant storefronts. And, vac- and you know, the, the problem is, is it's not going to improve much, okay? It really isn't. Everyone tells themselves stories and well, I can't get this. We can't buy that. Uh, the furniture is going to take, I don't know, three, four, five, six. We've got constraints. We've got issues. Uh, okay. Let's get over the storytelling time. Let's deal with reality. And the reality is not going to be as good as you would have hoped that it would be. In fact, it's going to be quite scary. Okay. And you've got to prepare for that. You got to gear down, get ready. I mean, people are dealing in California with all these types of things. Um, okay. So we're going back to school. Uh, year-end holiday uh, shopping coming, and they're going to try to continue to jack rates on you and say everything costs a lot more. Ocean shipping rates have plunged 60% this year, folks. Yeah, the, the very same ones that we we're paying $20,000 a box, uh, we're looking at probably about $5,400 a box. lot different, right? The freight is taking its time to get here. People are waiting you know, to do upgrades on their houses. Well, it's going to take six months a year to get that part. In. No, that's over. Okay. You can order what you want, when you want. And all these car dealerships. Oh, that sticker price that's out there. No, we, we can't negotiate. There's high demand. We have nothing else. We've got a supply chain constraint. Forget it. They're lying to you. The car dealerships are lying to you. Uh, uh, quite, uh, quite possibly every single person out there is jacking rates on something and lying to you. I have never increased rates for my advertising on the radio station to the people who have bought for me. This inflationary uh, discussion is happening artificially because you have made choices and have created this new environment that you swore you wanted to believe in. Walmart and other retailers ended up with too much inventory after they raced to import goods earlier than usual. There you go. So now you start seeing that people slash and burn. 
all of these things that I don't know, Smith's, Walmart, Target, everything is like 60, 80% off. Why? Why is everything so cheap right now? We're going to talk about uh, Amazon. Best Buy, slashing prices. Get rid of the inventory. Well, you can go buy as much as you want. Well, but prices are going up, up, up. Not for consumer goods, folks. I saw a 50 inch TV, a UHD, for $188 walking Walmart. I'm like, that TV was $500. It was, that was already cheap at $500. Now it's $188. What is going on? Well, things aren't costing what they say that they're costing. How about housing? Uh, no, not costing what they're saying. They, they can't load inventory now. <laughs> well, I wanted, uh, my neighbor got uh, $350,000 for the 1,500 square foot house. Uh, I want four hundred. dollars uh, yeah, Sorry, you're too late. Just let it sit there. It ain't going anywhere. Okay. Real estate market and office and industrial retail uh, all coming to their senses. Finally, it's going to start feeling up. If you waited, uh, good for you. You're going to start being able to take advantage of some situations. Things look good. Time to get out there. Time to start hunting around for deals, 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 deals. There's no deals to be had. There's deals everywhere now, everywhere. Find them. Everyone is like, I heard somebody recently was like, oh, I'm going to go get a, I'm going to go get a Bronco. It's $80,000. They're not making anymore. But BS. Who's going to go spend a, have a thousand dollar car payment. Who's doing this? What world are we living in? A car should cost about, I don't know, somewhere between three to $500. If it's more than that, well, wait, can't buy it used anymore. Reused cars prices have plunged as well. Housing market. You ready for this uh, This news? Yeah, just to make sure that you guys know. Uh, the Hill writing about housing markets are overdue. I, I really love this. This is all in our notes. For a price drop, analysts say. They give the top 10 markets. Guess where they're all at? Yep. If you had friends that moved to Oregon, Washington, Idaho, uh, even some places in Florida. Oh, overvalued somewhere between 40 to 70% in some cases. Not here. New Mexico is very different. It's a good, uh, decent, healthy real estate market, I will say. Okay. <laughs> Fort Walton and Destin. The, Destin, Florida. The median home price in the city of Destin is $655,000. Who could afford that? No one's buying that crap. Not for $655,000. And if you got, got holding the bag for whatever, fine. You got a low interest rate. Great. All right. Uh, energy. Well, your utility bills are going up. You need a... You know, wheel it back a little bit. We need to stop our usage. The price is going with people looking at their utility bills. One in six households can't afford their energy bills. Yeah, can't pay for their can't pay for their damn rents due. No it's more stimmy money. Yeah, it's all <laughs> over. All it's, it's absolutely incredible. Natural gas prices are over thirty percent. Electricity prices are fifteen cents. People are using less. They're conserving energy. They've gone green. How come everything's so expensive? As Americans suffer, Biden continues to double down on stupid, right? ESG, we're going to get into that uh, next. CNN reporting that Germany will drop 2.5% of its entire GDP, assisting citizens with heating bills. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun in Germany. They Google such vo volumes in Germany. Uh, firewood compared to Greta Thunberg. Yeah, nobody's looking for Greta Thunberg anymore. They don't care. People are looking for firewood. Yeah, you know, that's kind of an inter interesting week in news. I posted all the stuff where we grabbed it. 
the Institute for Supply Management. We covered some of that yesterday. Dowd had that. We were talking about all of the, the metrics. Things are shrinking now. Industrial warehouses are shrinking. We're going to get to Amazon as well. The trade deficit uh, shrank in June due to higher shipments of energy and food products. Combined with the decline in import, you're going to get the data dump. Dowd will be on top of that. All right. So just be thankful that we aren't talking Turkey, as in the country. Uh, <clears throat> Inflation uh, due to uh, policies, war, all the woke stuff. Like, how do we come out after all of this and end up spending so much more and feeling poor? We're going to talk about why your paycheck isn't making the grade anymore, okay? 80.21% annualized inflation in Turkey! Yes, be happy you're not living. So, yeah, the uh, 11%, 10%, oh, it's not so bad. It, it, it doesn't have to be like this, folks. All of this inflation is going to go away. There's going to be massive slashing of jobs. Amazon, they didn't tell you this, has already cut 100,000 jobs. They're shutting houses. People aren't buying. You can't, can't live in this la-la dreamland forever, folks. So, uh, just... Uh, just be happy that we told you about what's going on nationally and worldwide and global. Hey, that's a, you're going to have to go ahead and take a, 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 a seat. You're going to have to take a ticket and take a wait on it. It's going to cost you a lot more. We'll talk about gig economy and unionization next when we return. show for Dowd because these are all his favorite subjects. He loves talking <laughs> about the Rona. We're going to get into that uh, in our third hour. Second hour, we're talking about unions, right to work, Amazon. Like, you know, if we're going back to work, this is the perfect hump day back to work show. Okay? And you, you got you to gotta understand where we're at. We're just trying to level with you. It's a different environment out there. What's over there is definitely coming over here. We're preparing you for that. Hopefully you've been preparing. You've had two and a half years to prepare for the next 30. And half of those years in the next third, you're going to be filled with a lot of pain, all right? There's going to be inflation. There's going to be wars. There's, we're already in the midst of, of that changeover. Remember the, the law of the 80s, 2020, 1940, World War II, you know, going back to 1860, Civil War, going back to 1780, the start of this country, Revolutionary War, going back to 1700. I mean, we can just kind of go on and on. And I mean, these cycles are there. You can't just eliminate them and you can't just you know, put a smile on your face and go ha act happy-go-lucky all the time and think that we're never going to have a downturn, never coming down. No, we're, we're going down. Prepare for it. Prepare for the shift down. Uh, one of the things that we're not talking a lot about is, and I talk about it, I've been talking about it for years, labor force participation rate. We're at 61%. I believe that Nebraska has like an unemployment rate of somewhere South of two, I think 1.8, 1.9%, something stupid, hmm. right? And Indiana is like 1.5%, like something stupid. And their labor force participation rates in each of those states is well above the national average. I think Nebraska was approaching 70%, like seven in 10. Anybody who wants a job can get one. Uh, in the notes today, I included the link so you guys can actually go to Fred look up the information yourself so that you can see that we're not like, in, in New Mexico, nobody wants to work. 
We've got a labor force participation rate, 10%. Really, if you're looking at percentage rates, it's actually 20% less than the national average. Overall, 51%, roughly. They say it's 54%. It's actually about 51%. West Virginia and Mississippi are the two worst. Thank God for those two states. But those two states are very much turning red. They have had the impact. They didn't participate in the big gains. West Virginia uh, switched over, including their governor. Justice went over to the Trump side. Folks, you have a better chance, according to Forbes, of finding a job this month than any other time. If you're not happy with your job, go find it right now. Make yourself useful because anybody who's everybody can find a job right now. But I can't even believe that anyone's on welfare. But stands to reason the check comes at the beginning of the month. You've been on hard times. You can't find a job. Can't find Those stories don't work anymore. I don't even know how we have a homeless problem because there's literally the only reason you're homeless is because you have a mental illness and or a drug dependency. As far as I can tell, okay, because there are jobs that are definitely out there for you, okay. Forbes, uh, Forbes writes, you have a better chance of finding a job in September. It goes all about how to get through all this stuff. So if you're out of a job, you know, use that, and you can talk about the interview process, what they look for. September is the unofficial tacit acknowledgement that we must get back into gear. I sort of feel like that, right? Sort of like a brand new year. For some reason, this feels like a new year's time. And businesses, according to The Economist, are still furiously hiring even as downturn looms. So why are we talking about a downturn? We're talking about a downturn because we got into the Great Reset. And you can't do that without changing the rules of the game, which include ESG, which is more socially woke, we more um, uh, responsible. And, and that is not working. We've had a year and a half of this ESG crap, and it's not working. We don't have to have a downturn, but we also didn't have to print all this damn money to create all of this inflation. We have all this money, and people are figuring out ways to capture it. How are they doing it? Well, virtue signaling. That's all it's about, doing the thing. United States jobs opening per unemployed worker. <laughs> We're at two job openings for every unemployed worker. That means there's no unemployment. Zero percent, zero point zero zero zero. The only people who are on unemployment are there because they don't want to work. That's it. And now, as these businesses are starting to listen to the storytelling and well, you know what? They listen to the stories long enough. They gaslit themselves and they're expecting a downturn. They feel less confident. The purchasing is down. The consumer confidence is down. And we're going to have to slash jobs because psychologically, these people think that things aren't going so well. And you've told yourself that. So they're not going to go ahead and go very well. Joe Biden is the creator and his ilk are the creators of this story. They had to create this story, and they did it by way of the Rona, who could have a faster job acceleration than coming out of the Rona and making sure that he's, well, the fastest job creation of all time. Well, of course, because, uh, look, we went to a labor force participation rate of 60% across the country. More people jumped into action. Other people got more involved in the gig economy. Oh, what's your dig? What's your hustle right now? I'm hustling on the side. Here's what I'm doing. These gig workers are... A lot of whiners. They don't want to be told what to do, where to go, no hours, no punching in. But now these whiners have started hearing about what's a union. Oh, what? You mean we can unionize and uh, 
Yeah. These gig workers, like the whole entire thing about contract labor, about being a 1099 or about being someone who's an independent contractor, I see, right? Is to be able to create your own, your, the guy that you work with, the people that you work with, when they employ you on a contract, there's nothing other than the contract that they employed you to do and saying, okay, here's what I expect from you. This is the work product. They can't tell you when, how, what, because then you turn into, if someone tells you to report at a certain time, it turns into employment. Employment. At that point, I remember I've dealt with the uh, Department of Labor. I had a guy that came in here and was like, oh, I want to intern. I want to intern. I want to learn all about your business. I want to say, okay, okay well, that's fine. I said, uh, you know, is this for credits? What, what is this for? <laughs> Turned out this guy was literally marking every hour that he was here. And then I had to pay him the mandatory minimum wage with benefits. And he, his mom turned out to work for the New Mexico Department of Labor. <laughs> that's what he was here doing. This was uh, right before uh, Dowd's time. So. Ooh, oof, oof, oof. These gig workers are sort of the same thing. They're like, whoa, what? Benefits? They work for the company. They want all of these bennies of, you know, Lyft and uh, Uber and I don't know. Name what it is. Okay. And they want all the bennies of that flexibility. At the same time, they want all of the bennies of being an employee. Healthcare. All the... Wait, these are the same companies that you're attacking all the time. Why should they have to provide them? Well, because the government says they should go ahead and provide them. And we want to make it a fair and equitable. And you need to, uh, what? Why is every single business out there bad? And Linda McMahon wrote about this. And Dowd is uh, a, a former uh, pusher of Linda and what she's done. <laughs> and she's very sane and very, very good. And she is seeing this firsthand as she writes in the Daily Caller. Okay. The struggle of our country's small businesses and the workers, the data is there. And why? Because it's been a continual attack on small business. The war on small business has continued here in this country. On top of that, you have the inflation because we printed out all this money. The hard-earned dollars, she writes, do not go as far as they used to. Under the Biden administration's policy, inflation has caused the average American worker to lose $1,800 in purchasing power, rising to $3,600 for dual earner families. What does that mean? Well, the gig worker, the person that's out there needs to blame somebody and they don't know who to blame, but they've told to blame the small business. So now they're instead of reacting to the policies that were created, that created this environment, what are they doing instead? They're warring against the businesses that they work for and then they're unionizing and they're demonizing and they're telling themselves stories about how terrible their employer is and how greedy they are. And look at these windfall of profits. They forgot that during this entire time during COVID, the ones who took it in the shorts first were every small business in the countries that were that in, in the country that were shuttered, that were slammed, that were required to do mandatory this and uh, you know empirical that I mean, all the time. Research from Alignable shows that 40% of small businesses could not pay their rent in August. It's because it's a war on small business everywhere. CNBC Small Business Index demonstrates that 77% will tell you that they expect inflation to get even worse. Yeah. And why wouldn't it? We're going into a hotter or cooler time of year where we'll be using more and more heat in our homes. 57% believe we're already in recession. Believe it 100% of the way. We have 0% unemployment. There's two job availabilities for every one person who's unemployed. That's 0%, 0.0%. You're only working, because, don't, not working because you don't want to work. 
57% believe we are in a recession. Two successive quarters of negative growth is a recession. By January, and once the Republicans win both the House and the Senate, guess who's going to get blamed? And we're going to say we are in a depression. And they're going to use that to go ahead and turn the screws on you. And how are they doing it? They're making sure that you're compliant with all their woke policies. We're going to talk about that next, ESG. 69% of small businesses expect to have no choice other than to raise U.S. consumer prices to keep afloat during this time of inflation. They shouldn't have to raise prices. Things coming out should be good. We should probably be right where we were. But we printed all this money. Dowd? Uh, just weighing in on the gig issue, Eddie. I'm, I'm kind of a part entrepreneur, part gig worker. I've got multiple income streams. I am not an employee of the Rock of Talk, although some people think I am. And Eddie is the first to point out that he does not have employees. And I, after uh, two sorry. years, I understand why, because I agree with Eddie. Uh, you want people just going out and doing their work. You don't want to be managing people. Uh, if you're a gig employee and you're whining, I'm sorry, folks. Maybe that, maybe that type of life isn't for you. Stop trying to force uh, policy changes on the nation or on some corporation. Maybe you need to go find a job secure, regular punch time clock job for you. Yes. Um, I have heard okay. recently that I am uh, being recruited. I don't know the details yet. I'm being recruited for dog care during the balloon fiesta. Apparently someone's going to be reaching out to me. Uh, my my lifestyle fits very well with that. I don't. I don't complain about getting money from different sources and having kind of a crazy schedule, except from four to seven every day, Mountain Time. Uh, maybe. maybe it's not for you, but quit your bitching. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Go do something else. That's it. Back after a quick break, we'll talk about woke and ESG when we return. More whining on the left. Thanks for all the compliments on the show setup. We're getting a lot of people who are now subscribing. Uh, they love getting the notes. They love following along. They love being able to check what I talk about uh, here. Dowd has a lot less to do, uh, which allows him to do more uh, policy work. So uh, you guys get to follow along uh, with the program, which is absolutely awesome. And I think everyone is enjoying the new setup. So uh, going forward. Plus, I'm very prepared. I'm loving it, Eddie. <laughs> I'm loving it. Are you? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's start. it's it's sure. just like you said, it's, it's, I'm not taking more time off. I'm just working in a different capacity now. Uh, and I was actually had the time today, which I probably wouldn't normally have on a Wednesday to put together a piece on uh, the uh, insane uh, critical race theory a uh, uh, scam that's perpetuating itself here in New Mexico. And I'm going to be able to just produce a lot more content for folks and another reason to subscribe. Yep. We're going to talk about that uh, to uh, wrap the hour, by the way. We'll let Dowd uh, go headlong uh, into this uh, quick discussion. And remember, the links are right there. So everything that's backing up my opinion and, and not backing up my opinion, just making points. I'm just grabbing stuff and it puts together for a segment where we can have a discussion uh, between Dowd and I of what I'm doing. And Dowd's constantly fact-checking me. He's constantly like, okay, well, Eddie said this, and this is there. And then the follow-up will be the next day. So, you know, if you want to do a deeper dive, uh, jump in on that uh, read in the morning. And so you can bas basically bookend it. You get the show in the afternoon, you can watch it on TV, and then, of course, you can go ahead and uh, podcast, listen, share it, whatever you want to go ahead and, and do. Uh, and uh, it's as easy as getting 20 cents a day at rockoftalk.chat. So very, very simple, straightforward. And um, I got to tell you, my workload uh, has been 
significantly more with regards to the radio station, no more BS political races, no more, you know, uh, uh, getting, uh, I guess, you know, impeach MLG stuff, like the political stuff. I'm just totally out of it now. I I just have not taken any interest uh, in it whatsoever. And Dowd actually has me pretty much 100% full time, not to mention I'm reading more, doing the audible, like all these types of things. And if anyone's telling you like they're watching and reading and consuming this levels up, I don't, I doubt there's anybody who consumes more than Dowd and I, but I listen to some of these talk show hosts on our station. And I, I'm saying to myself, like, like, that's impossible. There's no way that they can be at their kid's game, reading this number of books, uh, watching this number of football, basketball, whatever, soccer games, uh, going here, taking a vacation. Like, you can't do that much. You just can't. Like, you have to be uh, literally saturated in this stuff. And you have to be living in it and breathing it. And, you know, I'm sorry to doubt because I haven't been doing that the whole entire time. I've been participating actively, but... I think given what we're going to see in November nationally versus what we see here locally, which is going to be more or less more of the same, um, you know, this becomes an interesting study for the rest of the country. We adopt insanity here um, in, dro- in, in, I don't know, <laughs> in spades, I guess. That's the, the, the better expression there. Um, we just love the insanity. And if the federal government wants to try out a program, they try it out here in New Mexico first. Like all the bat, you know what, crazy stuff is all right here, the worst of the worst. And this becomes our little science lab experiment that we can export to the rest of the country and uh, talk about it, Dad. I think that's a fair assessment of New Mexico in a nutshell. I mean, look, look what they did to uh, Coy Griffin. I'm not a fan of Coy. Uh, I think I've talked to him, you know, once or twice in my entire life, but uh, they banished him from office, uh, elected office period. And it was from a Republican, no less. Like, it just makes no sense what we do here. Like, this is the land of stupid. This is the land of crazy. This is the land of corruption. You know, uh, Albuquerque Business First is putting out some information on, oh, it's another banner month. Another amazing month, Dowd, of of record-breaking marijuana sales. We shouldn't be bragging about that. Like, what is wrong with us that we're so happy about that? We have more pot dealers, and that's what you are. You're a pot dealer. We have more pot dealers here. Well, I'm recognized by the state. I'm an upstanding, legitimate businessman. But yeah, but you can't even put your money in a bank, bro. You might have a license and be patting yourself on the back and buying yourself nice things. And someone else right now, you're getting high or you're making money on someone else getting high, which is absolutely killing his life or her life. Whoever the user is, it's just a gateway. For them to start in on other things. And I don't want to go on the anti-pot things. I just don't care about it. I don't care about people who use pot because they don't care about themselves. If they did, they wouldn't be doing it. It's that it's that simple. Okay. And that's the same with any, you know, sort of addiction uh, that's out there. Very quickly, uh, ESG, let's jump in on this discussion. Uh, I think a lot of people are still sort of trying to wrap their mind around what e- ESG is, but it's, Environmental, social, and governance, and that is what the acronym is for. And in Florida, they stopped it. They're not going to take any of their funds and invest in anything regarding ESG. In New Mexico, uh, probably Dowd will do an article at some point, how many (laughs) socially compliant, uh, ESG compliant companies is the state of New Mexico fund, the permanent fund, investing in. You know, they have to invest your funds so that you have 
a, a retirement that's not going to be there for you. And, you know, our public sector unionized corrupt employees, that includes you police officers and you uh, firefighters out there, they need to just totally banish any sort of public sector unionization. But that's a story for another time. Um, you're not going to have retirement. I hate to tell you this, but you think that the state of New Mexico is going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Look at what's happening in California. Look at what's happening to the teachers unions in California. Okay. And so uh, DeSantis, who was on Hannity earlier, he called it, I don't know if you heard how he pronounced um, Mark Ronchetti. He said, Mark Ronchetti. Doubt. Yeah, okay. what, I was, I was not, not, not too happy about that. <laughs> I He's a busy man. He's a busy man. Yeah, he is a busy man. That's, that's true. But at least he, he, at least he acknowledged that. And he said, uh, she, he called her, I think he called it MLG the lockdown lunatic or something Ooh. like that. Uh, the lo lockdowns are something like that. It was really uh, a, a good little interview. So DeSantis decides no ESG investing. That is a good thing. It is a very, very good thing. You know, uh, Elon Musk has called ESG a scam. This is the guy who is creating the clean, green energy Teslas, right? Or I don't know, whatever they are people this whole powered idea. cars yeah whatever <laughs> i want a solar solar powered car we're gonna talk about the danger of solar as well greenwashing right everything's becoming green 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 okay this is the push okay california last week what did they, what did they adopt they adopted 2035 not a single vehicle will have gas going into it stupid just all sorts of you know, putin's laughing the world's laughing at us because because we're just we're just stupid we are just a stupid country you people on the left are just stupid. Okay, so ESG has to be fought back by the people who are trading on Wall Street because now they're going to have this sort of social responsibility score going forward for many of these companies. If they're going to get traded, we want to know what, and BlackRock and all Goldman Sachs and all the rest of them are like, well, we're, we're going to focus on those and we're going to starve those oil companies. We're going to starve those companies that aren't going with capital. We're not going to invest them in them anymore. In fact, one of the most pernicious trends of our day in employment of environmental, social, and governance criteria is investing. Former Vice President Mike Pence writes a real clear markets on Wall Street. Major investment firms are rating companies based on their adherence to left-wing environmental, social, and governance values, ESG. Yeah, that's what they're in investing in. So what, what's happening to these companies? Well, they're getting starved for capital. People aren't investing in them. They can't continue to grow. They're getting punished by you know, the likes of BlackRock, the big hedge fund guys uh, as well. Everybody else, the capital markets are, are eating these guys a lot. So what are they doing? How do they fight back? They have to divide their companies in two. Insane. <laughs> they literally have to cut up their company and turn it into two different companies. A okay? Solomon-like decision. Cut the baby in half. <laughs> there you go. Um, when you look at a company, uh, this one called Vista Outdoor, one part of it sells ammunition. It gets nicked. It gets downgraded. Why? Because it's selling guns. It's selling ammo. Oh, probably pretty profitable given what the ammo costs are. Don't forget to support our advertisers. But on the flip side of that, oh, they're, they're compliant. This is the only way that they can possibly fight back. Okay? People are fighting back against this, and that's important. But they don't have to fight very hard because Bloomberg writes the ESG is not working. In fact, this was a remarkable read. Make sure that you go to uh, Bloomberg and look at it. So ARK Investment Management introduced its first exchange-traded fund with a socially conscious bent. Less than eight months later, 
It was shut down. <laughs> DeSantis made a good decision, right? New Mexico is going to still invest in ESG. Are you compliant? First, Albuquerque Business First is going to promote that kind of stuff. Uh, the firm's first ever closure, by the way. This is their first uh, closure that they've ever had. Wood declared, Kathy Wood declared on Bloomberg Television that there was a lot of slapping lipstick on that pig in the environmental, social, and government's investment industry. ESG, like SPACs, are going down, folks. You won't have to be as compliant as you think it is. So if you're, you know, getting up and uh, becoming more socially responsible when it comes to the index and the fund performance on ESG versus traditionally your rated companies that are out there trading in normal capital, doing their business in, in and out uh, like, a, like a normal business, right? The normal businesses are outperforming ESG, Dowd. Uh, this one cuts a little close to home, Eddie, because someone who I uh, share a mother with has been got in on the ground floor of socially conscious investing, uh, and uh, this individual's done very well financially for uh, him or herself. Uh, I'm going to try to restrain myself when it comes to this, but I will just say that the socially conscious, it used to be called socially conscious investing, now it's called ESG. This is another example, folks, and we, we beat you over the head with this, but I will say it again full spectrum dominance the ideologues on the marxist left on the left who happen to be are marxists they see the entirety of society education the financial sector as their playthings to advance their agenda and it's just i'm sorry it's not enough to just support the republican party and hope for the best they are looking at right. every platform we need to oppose them on every platform back after a quick break to wrap the hour you doubt and i back in three Hopefully you're loving the show a lot more. Get the notes and uh, ride along with us here for the three-hour tour. Very quick. Uh, and then you can share all that information with your friends. The only stuff that you can actually get directly from us is, of course, the write-ups uh, directly from Dowd Muska. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's got his latest write-up uh, available today. He uh, shot that thing out at 3.30 this afternoon. And uh, for all of the details on his latest offering within rockoftalk.chat, here it is. Dowd Muska, take it away. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, the New Mexico Law Enforcement Academy might be something you folks have uh, heard of. It's run by the Department of Public Safety. That's basically the state police. And that means Michelle Luan Grisham because she's our governor and she runs the executive branch of government. The Law Enforcement Academy, they, they train state law enforcement, you know, county, municipal, all that sort of thing. They claim to be a, uh, a private exceptional training uh, and in-service instruction. Well, about a month ago, and I've been on this case for about a month, and I'm fighting with the bureaucracy over records that they don't appear willing to uh, supply to me, even though it's the law. We'll get, get into that in a second. They announced a series of free training courses that will modernize New Mexico's law enforcement training curriculum and reoriented and reorient certified police officers on best practices when interacting with the public. Well, that you know, who could object to that? That's That seems perfectly reasonable. Well, when you unpack it a little, it starts to get uh, disturbing. Most disturbing is the course that they are offering. And I don't know if it's happened yet or if it's coming up in the future. And that's kind of the nub of my fight with the bureaucracy right now. Uh, we're trying to get documents. <laughs> course number one is on implicit bias. Uh, what do they call implicit bias? It's a preconception or prejudice that is present, but not consciously held or recognized. It is an unconscious, 
unknowing differential treatment of another person based on several discriminatory factors. And those factors are the usual race, color, age, sex, gender, nationality, disability, and religion. Okay, maybe maybe if you're not that bright, you look at this and say, well, that's a good thing. Nothing could be wrong with that. The, The problem is this whole concept of IB, implicit, implicit, uh, bias, and now that I think of it, IB irritable bowel uh, seems to have a lot in common with I- implicit bias. It's based on this uh, phony baloney test that's been completely debunked by uh, a couple of social scientists back in the 1990s. Even people, even the people who designed this test, have been walking it back a little. Uh, some of their research assistants have actually turned completely around on this and said this is not a useful uh, tool at all. Uh, the science they claim that it is science, basically. We'll make you take a test and we'll prove to you how racist you are. Uh, we'll do. We'll show you pictures of white people and black people, and then we'll have you do word associations. And you'll have to click on the keyboard an I or an E, and how quickly uh, you associate one word with a black face versus a white face uh, demonstrates how biased you are. Uh, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Uh, at rockoftalk.chat, uh, I, I don't have time to get into all of the debunking, but I, I go into sort of chapter uh, and verse on this. So this wokeness has been around for a while. I mean, this started in the 1990s and some very clever enterprising people started to make money off this. So uh, they would sell their implicit bias training sessions uh, and then their training of the trainer session so that you and your own organization could go on and train your employees. Uh, big, big money. Uh, this is a million dollar, uh, one, one scholar estimated it might even be a billion dollar industry. Who buys this? Corporations buy this, uh, liberal universities, and by that I mean universities uh, do this. But law enforcement, in the case of the Law Enforcement Academy right here in New Mexico, again, you're paying for this kind of stuff, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, a lot of money's to be had in this, even though there's no actual science behind it at all. In fact, it's actually very discouraging, uh, dangerous in a lot of ways. There's a great quote from a, a, a skeptical uh, a psychologist in my piece at rockoftalk.chat, available only to subscribers. Uh, again, it's the Law Enforcement Academy, your money. Thought maybe I want to shoot an email to the guy at the top, the guy who runs the Department of Public Safety. Uh, It's very hard for me to keep up with uh, Governor Michelle Luan Grisham's top cabinet officials because they keep changing. Uh, Eddie, I looked up and I think we're at 28 now. Uh, We're actually at 28 people uh, have left the administration. And of course, we're not even uh, into a full full term yet. So uh, Jason Bowie... That's uh, Thanks for that number. I appreciate it. Yeah, the 28. Uh, Jason Bowie, he's the head of the Department of Public Safety. So he's the top guy in charge uh, of the Law Enforcement Academy. And I looked at his bio. Uh, very proud of himself. He used to work in Rio Ranch. He was a police officer. Uh, he appears to be a man of... of uh, uh, African-American, African ancestry originally. Uh, that's not a good or a bad thing. Lots of Americans have all kinds of ancestries. So who cares about that? You read down into the bio, he has, quote, extensive and varied training history, uh, including uh, instructor certifications and management training courses in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and implicit bias for law enforcement. Now, I don't know, Eddie, if you got the link I sent you, there is a great Jordan Peterson video taking down this ridiculous test, this this implicit assessment uh, assumption test, uh, the IAT test, which is the foundation of this concept of implicit bias. Uh, Jordan takes it down better than I ever could. uh, And uh, 
Jordan's a lot smarter and he's actually a PhD psychologist, unlike I am. Basically, folks, this whole concept behind implicit bias has been debunked for years and years and years now. Even some people who formerly supported the concept have walked away from it. But you're paying to promote this de facto critical race theory here in New Mexico. I remain on the case. I remain looking for the actual documents to see the kind of nonsense that they are spreading here in our state. I'm on the case. I'm not giving up, folks. Good one. Another write-up there directly at uh, rockoftalk.chat. Just become a subscriber. Yeah, I did uh, start watching. I was on my, on my way to pick up the kids uh, this afternoon, and I got three three minutes of the 4-minute, uh, 21-second. Uh, Let me get to the <laughs> – I heard a stockbroker on your station say avoid ESG stocks. Total waste of money. Oh, there you go. See? Aren't, isn't that awesome? We, we provide good information. That's good stuff. By the way, Greg's and Nettie will be in studio on Friday. Uh, ESG, excuse for slavery and genocide. Wow, that's interesting. Not bad. Uh, yeah. Are they going to divest from the CCP like we did with South Africa? Oh, yeah, the apartheid. So that never applies. CCP gets yeah. a pass on that, yeah. Yeah, uh, let's see. Technology and durables are less because these things will certainly outnumber those that survive the depopulation, food, and utilities go up as production is squeezed in the name of green. Those who choose to be non-essential will die first. Yeah, well... Make sure that uh, I, I got a I bought a survival book down, which I was uh, pretty pretty happy about a survival uh, that I brought my son's uh, Stranger Things um, magazine. I know he's ten, you know he's not supposed to be watching it, but you know he can watch that stuff over here. And then um, about the other one, an Encyclopedia Britannica magazine as well, and just to watch these kids chew up stuff in magazine form versus the screen it's a different way of learning and i just gotta say uh try to get them in front of a book as much as you can especially like the tuttle twins getting getting flipping in, in something uh when they're not sitting in the, the screen takes over think of it like just shrouding their head and think that's what the people in esg want they want to start getting you programming so now i'm learning about season three and why season three is uh sam's favorite season and for this reason and this is when uh, Levin looked better than she did in season one and since season two. And just like, you know, it's really interesting. It's really telling because you put a book in front of them, they talk to you. You put a magazine in front of yeah, them, they right. talk to you. You watch TV with them, they talk to you. Um, when they watch their screen, if they watch, I noticed if they watch Netflix on their phones, they won't talk to you. There's something mm -hmm. that happens with the size of the screen. And if they watch mm -hmm. whatever they're doing, because I, I don't have a Netflix account. Um, but they will literally just be focused on that. The same thing with, uh, they, they watch this other, I think I mentioned this, uh, yesterday. Uh, my kids are very into watching this girl. <clears throat> and that's why I say this generation is going to be one, the one that's going to save us all. And uh, her same, her name is like Mariah Wolf or something Wolf or Spider Wolf or something like that. Right. And all she does is make fun. I sat there next to him and I was like, okay, I got to see what they're watching. Okay. Cause they're laughing a lot and they're making fun of the ridiculousness of what we do today. And it's like the next generation is making fun of Gen Z. Uh, I don't know what you call uh, the, the latest generation. I don't think they're Gen Z, but um, they're going to be the ones that are going to save this country but only if we direct them in the right way. And I think more and more things are going back to radio, believe it or not. I think radio, now that we're 24 hours a day live from 11 uh, p.m. to 3 a.m. I had to had to have some fun on the radio uh, last night, incidentally, uh, as I was uh, had to take down the server and then bring it all back up. And so uh, we got a little got a little show after midnight last night. So that was kind of cool. 
But long story short, um, I just will tell you that interface directly with your kids. I think that is important. And if you use a tool, whether it's a football or whatever, whatever it is, try to remove that screen from them for a time. And if they are interacting in the multiplayer games, make sure that you're seeing what's going on and tie it directly to your bank account so that you know exactly what they're using when they're using it. You can teach them about how much things cost, what to appreciate. Like it's, it's kind of kind of neat. I've got to show you some of that stuff, Dowd. So um, very very cool. My just my thinking back to the seventies and eighties. I would be reading George Will and and Pat Buchanan, and I'd be telling my mother about some political position that you know, as an eleven year old, I was an expert on. And my mother's big challenge to me always was, now go argue the other side. Th- that uh, you know, tell me about how what how the other perspective would be, and yep. just you know, that constant interaction and spurring of the kid's mind is gonna is gonna pay dividends later on, and the kids might grow up, make a few bucks, and take care of you in your old age. So it's just self protection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, they don't get to do any of their things until they finish uh, their homework. And I'm sure you're the same way. You didn't get to read George Will and all the things that you enjoyed until you were probably done with your homework. It, it works oh, yeah. well, folks. Incentives. The world is full of incentives. I'm taking a little Hillsdale uh, course, and uh, that's why I've been talking so much about uh, Hill, or excuse me, incentives, because I'm sharing with you what the world's all about. And you can take those courses for free from Hillsdale. Hour two, unions, unions, and Amazon is what we'll be talking about as well. Hour three, we're going to get into COVID, the dangers of vaccines, what we've learned from history, and, uh, you know, a little Tucker Carlson as well. Hitting back against uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She has nightmares of Tucker. You have nightmares of the Rock of Talk. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hour two just for you in the Kiva. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. City from an undisclosed location in a galaxy far, far away. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, don't forget, you can also get us on Audible or whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. Without the notes, with the notes, uh, both pre and post, you can uh, become a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. Don't forget, download our free apps at rockoftalk.tv. Rockoftalk.com, it was a banner month for uh, people who were streaming us uh, visually in August of all times. So it was like everything else was. Maybe it was the Trump stuff. Maybe it was that. No, I think it's the reliability. Someone's on the phone. They were holding all the way through. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead very quickly. Can't hear Hello? you. Yep, that's you. Oh, let me call you. I I will call you back. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, there you go. Let's put on hold. You were hearing me. Uh, you can call in live. You can text whatever you want to do. D Dowd Muscad, hour two. How are you, sir? Uh, I am well. Have a little. Uh, I might be in the bunker for a few more days, Eddie, because uh, my uh, horn has conked out on my vehicle. I'm gonna okay. be dropping it off at the dealership tonight to see how many days it takes them to fix that. Uh, I, I'm not exactly like Mr. Expensive Car Guy. I've never had a horn uh, go out on me, but um, in New Mexico, the way a lot of people drive, you really need a functioning horn in your vehicle. So we need to get to the bottom of this and fix this problem pronto. Is the horn a cause? Or a symptom. <laughs> Something to uh, think about there. Is it a cause? Okay. 
of accidents or is it a symptom? I, I learned about it because the Amazon driver who pulled out in front of me in Corrales yesterday and almost killed me, uh, I was going to give him one and nothing happened. Fortunately, You're he, must him saw me. Uh, he saw me okay. and, and uh, Sharon Tom's son is still alive. That's the, the bottom line there. So, that but I, I really think in New Mexico, I probably should get that horn fixed. Well, those uh, union workers, uh, by the way, we'll talk about Amazon uh, during the uh, last part of the hour here. And we'll talk about... Uh, what's happening with their solar panels and their warehousing. And this just isn't bad news. It's they're shuttering warehouses throughout the country. Now they didn't want their union. They didn't want their workers to unionize. That was something that Jeff Bezos was dead set against. Remember when they you know uh, what's her name? <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, I, I hate saying her name. Um, incidentally, I don't think she's going to be part of the ticket with Michelle Obama. I believe it's going to be a mission 24 with Gavin Newsom. I think oh, they're going to try and pull this boy. national. Yeah, they're going to do this national popular vote stuff. They've got they've got a few tricks up their sleeve. They unveiled the uh, White House portraits for uh, the Obamas today. Boy, they're 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 just pieces of work. They're large large pieces, pieces of, of something. Human, <laughs> large pieces of walking human excrement uh, around. But that's a story for another time. Okay, so let's uh, just discuss unions. You know, Jeff Bezos doesn't want them. The the woke Amazon people. You know, oh, yeah, we're for the worker for the. Unions is like a new trend that's happening. So how did all, how do we all get into this situation where these unions are sort of like, I don't know, coming together out of the pandemic and feel like they have any sort of leverage over these businesses. The businesses themselves are just kind of opening up over being shuttered for a good portion of 2020 and 2021, trying to get back on their feet again. I mean, this is taking place and people are pushing it. I think it's probably likely being pushed on not on any social media, but it's likely being pushed within social media as something uh, you got to fight for your rights. You got to fight for, you know, your, your position. You deserve to make more. You deserve like, stop, stop folks. The unions like our public sector unions here, uh, the Albuquerque police department, the um, employees who work for the city of Albuquerque, they're all unionized. Those are corrupt organizations. Okay. Much as I love Sean Willoughby, it's, it's corruption. It, literally creates corruption inside the organization. Okay. I like Sean as a police officer. I'm not happy about a union. I would have gotten, gotten rid of those unions immediately. I would never want their endorsement. I told them that I would get rid of it. I said, they should be treated fairly. There should be a certain pay scale. I had that all drawn up. There's what kind of what we're doing. I don't believe that people should have to have compulsory union dues and that you all agree on an issue. Don't you all have the same political opinions? Like these are what unions do. This is, you know, Joe Blow on Thursday night, there were the Iron Workers Union, or on uh, Monday, it's like, you know, I grew up in an Iron Workers Union. It's like you have the business uh, development guy and he doesn't do any business. It's an oxymoron because he's just out there doing political work all the time on your dime. On, you're a union worker, you pay your dues. Like, what do you pay your dues for? Because uh, the fat man needs to go ahead and, and go uh, participate politically and say, oh, we're behind and there for the working man and trust me. And then they inevitably run for something. The late, great Ray Reese, uh, who I grew up with, uh, was my dad's uh, union rep at local 495 uh, for a long, long time. Then my dad decided to start out his own business. You know what they did with my dad who paid into his union dues forever. He was a union paying member. He was an iron worker. But the moment he decided to open his own business, Dow, Dow this is not a joke. What did they do with all his union dues? Because he became an owner of a business, mm -hmm. they took everything he ever invested yep. that they took out of his check. They said, you cannot become an owner. He was you the have, enemy now. 
Yeah. He is the enemy because he went on the other side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Eddie, just let me let me stop you before there because we might have listeners who don't know how a unionized workplace works. And when you were talking about having no choice, what Eddie's talking about is the collective bargaining agreement. You don't negotiate the terms of your employment as an individual with your employer the way we non-unionized people is, uh, the way we operate. The collective bargaining agreement, and these can be dozens if not hundreds of pages long, set the conditions and the compensation for your workplace. So, for example, if the union says, well, nothing matters to our workers more than health care, you know, family health care coverage, because we've all got wives and, and or husbands and lots of kids. And you're a young person just starting off in your life and you want higher pay. You don't care about the family health care plan. Your needs don't matter. They will negotiate for their priorities, not your priorities. And this ridiculous notion, Eddie, that somehow all the workers have the same interest uh, and we're representing everyone. That is impossible in a country of individuals where we own kind of pursue our own path. It is collectivism, in, forced collectivism injected into the private yeah. sector. It is monopoly control. And that's what gets you into uh, corruption. And that's what gets you into kooky Marxist ideology. And that's what gets you into what happened to Eddie's father. And look at uh, what's happening in the teachers' union. They all have the, this collective bargaining. I'm sure there's great teachers, you know, but these teachers are forced into a condition, and there's really good teachers and there's really bad teachers. And those really good teachers look bad because of the bad teachers that are involved who don't want to work, who want to protest. I think there's new protests uh, going on in some state. Uh, I think Washington State, I think, is where they're, they're protesting. Just, just ridiculousness. And for what? Coming out? They actually care about the education? But I digress here. So. Um, unions are bad top to bottom. I was raised in a union family, United Food Workers Group. My mom worked her ass off, consistently worked overtime all the time. You know, does she have anything to show for the, uh, for all her time in the UFCW? No, she has nothing to show for it, right? She did her very best. She thought about the, the workers working, but there was lazy people and they were getting the very same pay that my mom, who was busting her ass the entire time. You know, same thing with my dad. Now he gets penalized. My parents wanted better for themselves. They wanted better for their children. And they worked hard and they sort of plateaued. In fact, uh, the guy that invested in my dad, he believed in him so much. My dad built this city, just so you know. Like every building, he was literally throwing the steel out for. You can go, my family has been a part of every commercial building in the city from the foundations to the structure. We did structural iron and we do rebar. Okay, rebar and foundations. We've been doing it forever. You know, my uncle Johnny is probably on a thousand different structures that he's been on with JFA, which is his name that he used to do. And they do use my dad to value engineer things because they don't have the old plans. They're like, Eddie, I think you worked on this project back in 1978. Can you tell us about it? So this guy that invested in my dad, how did he get my dad to work harder and provide uh, um, you know, more resources? His son, uh, George Basolderback's son, Tom, uh, who listens to the station? Hi, Tom. And, uh, you know, supported me for mayor and all these other things. Invested in my dad. And George was able to get all of his business because my dad was busting his ass. Now, was my dad just looking at the bottom line, what he's getting, his benefits? No, he wasn't. I'll continue with that story when we return. And we're going to talk about Southwest Airlines and all the rest of the unions. Unions are bad. Back after a quick break right here in the queue. to the music. to the music. Please go, let it go. 
Text in directly, questions, comments, whatever, something you want me to talk about. Uh, 505-550-5500. It's the five line, ladies and gentlemen. You just uh, call into that as well. Um, so let me continue with this. Uh, by the way, I Mose, uh, I've got to call Kathy. She's got to sell chili at eBay. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's basically right off the train. This is chili season, hatch chili season. I wanted to go to the hatch chili festival this past weekend and didn't make it. I made it as far as the buckhorn and then had to came back. Uh, had to come back uh, to... To Alb to Burke, bro. Came back to after Zozobra. I went to Burke. Burke. It's not Bur Burke. Que Burke. It's Burke. Uh, I don't. I don't mind that uh, term at all. A lot of people have a problem with it, but it's you got to know. You got to be from here. When you know it, you know it. Okay, so um, this guy George the Soldierback invested in my dad. He passed away a couple of years ago. He invested in me too. He sent me to Mexico, uh, which is pretty awesome. He sponsored me for that and. He was there for all of my sponsorships for my uh, soccer teams. You know, my dad coached all my teams, all these types of things. And, you know, they would get to work at six and they'd be done by two, two thirty, and they worked their 40 hour weeks and did all that kind of stuff. But my dad was always working. He'd travel, he'd go places. And the, my dad as part of a union. It was like, George would figure out, well, we got to go what they call it sort of buying that job. And the way that they'd buy it is through hard work because they had to perform and they bid the steel placement on a ton basis. Now my dad's like a calculator. He's, he's like, my dad is like a miracle. I don't understand anything he does. My grandfather, his dad was totally illiterate, but he could read a set of plans and put together rebar and weld and all these types of things, those craft. And then my dad started his business and has employed <clears throat> literally a thousand plus families uh, through the last 30 years. In fact, this, um, Next year, uh, the 23 is going to be 35 years for my dad in business. And he's been employing a lot of families and helping a lot of people. Uh, and uh, long story short, buying those jobs, knowing how to bid is knowing what you can put that steel in the job per ton. You can't do that with unions. You can't do that with the cost of everything. And if you are trying to compete against what they call rats, oh, they're non-union, those non-union scumbags. The rats are here. They're not going to take care of their workers. Like, well, you know, my dad made sure that there was a turkey in every pot at Thanksgiving, a bonus for every Christmas, and took care of families, paid them when they they, they took off sometimes because of a family thing, uh, paid for numerous funerals, endless things. My my sister, you know, she does the same thing. They take care of people. That's the, they, they provide. How can they be demonized? And what are they, my parents and business owners, what are they incentivized by? right? Doing better, providing more, working harder, seeing something, building it, knowing that they worked on that job, uh, built something for this company, worked with these, like, I can go back all the way to, you know, Rutherford and the guys that built this city, my dad and his dad and all that since the forties, when Albuquerque's little being built was involved in every single project, Summit Construction, yeah, Bradbury and Stan, which is nowhere the company that it once was. So you I mean, Bradbury and Stam has been around since the uh, early 30s. Nowhere the company. My grandfather worked for Bradbury and Stam. Back in the Jane's Corporation, they put these uh, types of things down. And for long, long and the short of it is for many years, they've had to put up with unions. And the unions have not been friends to these businesses all the time. 
Okay, it's sort of like the the Hatfields and McCoy. They got to work together. Kind of, we're neighbors, but they really kind of just don't like working together, and you're making it more difficult. And why do you think I'm not taking care of these guys? I have a better relationship with my employees who are your union members than you do with your own union members. Okay, like why do we have to keep wedging, you know, and creating this idea and creating this narrative that these businesses are bad? There's been a war in businesses for a long time. You know. There's zero reason, and I want to talk just for a quick second about public sector unions. It's literally organized corruption. And they are organized against the better part of the city, whatever they are providing. I ain't going to lift a finger until we get paid this. We ain't going to do this. We're not going to do, oh, no, it's not in our agreement. Nope, no, we don't have to provide this. We're not going to provide that. Why do you think you get the service you get from APD? It's not just the DOJ. They can't just pawn it off on that all the time because these guys are there to get their bennies and take a report down. The Albuquerque Police Department is essentially like glorified uh, message takers now. And they don't have to do much else. And get, they, they know how to play both sides in this whole thing. And I know that there's plenty of good officers, but I know that there's lots of bad officers. And you know who you are and they stay in. The head guy, he's a bad police officer. Harold Medina is a bad person. I mean, I have seen and heard and talked to numerous people who tell me what he's all about. And he's in the mayor's ear all the time. And he's constantly playing politics. And he had the previous guy, I mean, like it's all politics. It's all BS. It's all crap 24 seven. They're not interested in crime. They're interested in moving their way up and, and, and the way he taught. Anyway, I don't want to digress too much. So now that we're there, there are employees that don't give a crap about their union and don't want to be involved and don't want anything taken from their check so that they can pay their dues, so that they can have a political opinion. And this, this story just blew me away. A Southwest flight attendant, and I provide the links for you, she won, was it $5.2 million, something like that, $3.7 million, no, $5.1 million, here it is. A Texas jury saw through Southwest and the union's attempt to justify ending her career. This is how this all went down, and I'm gonna kind of get encapsulated. This woman is pro-life. She voiced that she did not want to be a part of the union. She traced where her money was going to. It was supporting pro-choice and things that she was not on board with. Her name is Charlene Carter, okay? She was fired, okay? And then she went back and she got damages on her own because Southwest, shame on you, and its union, shame on you, fired her for being a pro-life Christian. Why? She stood up for pro-life. She resigned her union membership in 2013 after learning that her union dues were being used to promote abortion and other political causes that she disagreed with. But union officials continued to seize dues from her paycheck. There you go. There's the... Uh, collective bargaining. There is the mandated, we will take this from your check. You will join. That's why I say teachers, public union employees. I'm sure there's great people who work for the city of Albuquerque. I'm sure there's great people who are police officers. I'm sure there's great, but they are not the ones who want to be a part of this crap. These unions. Other airline railroad employees can be forced to pay money to a union because they're subject to something known as the Railway Labor Act, which preempts State right to work laws. Yes, there it is, folks. Yep. We need a national right to work. But you know what? You don't want to work. 
I mean, everything was shuttered on Labor Day. You couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go to Costco. You could. What do all these places? They have all unionized workers. FedEx, USPS, UPS. You know, all you know, schools. Anything that's unionized. Oh, we're shut down on that day. We work too hard. We do too much. Okay. <laughs> Labor Day is for what? To honor the contributions that American workers have made to the United States. Ironically, people don't want to work. They don't want to show up, but they now they want to unionize and they want to demonize the business. Well, you don't let me stay home. You don't let me hang out at home. I don't want to go back to work. In fact, people are doing exactly that. And they're using what is an excuse? COVID. Oh, COVID. I don't want to be exposed. They don't want to wear their mask. We should put it in our doc. I mean, if Source New Mexico, why don't they why don't they unionize against their own paper? <laughs> i I will help you. Soy boy Austin Fisher, come to me. I have a little experience in the union world. I will help you, sir. I will help you file the paperwork with the National Labor Relations Board. <laughs> there it is. Now, uh, Wall Street Journal uh, wrote about this and uh, Nicholas Eberstadt. With pre-COVID rates of participation, almost three million more people would be in the labor force today and his title of his up is the americans who never went back to work after the pandemic three million people folks why because they got deposits in their bank account and they didn't have to work all they had to do was repeat after me what we've been saying the entire show tell a story that's it they're disincentivized to work because we have created a new conditioned for them. How do you do it? Seven days, 21 days, 90 days, right? Seven days to start a habit, 21 days to get the habit, 90 days to make it a habit for life. Something along those lines. The 7, 21, uh, 90, okay? We face an unprecedented, he writes, peacetime labor shortage with employers begging for workers while vast numbers of grown men and women sit on the sidelines of the economy. What? Whining, bitching, moaning, complaining. And then giving excuse after excuse after excuse. Why the bizarre, bizarre imbalance he writes between the demand for work and the supply of it? One critical piece of the puzzle was the policy response to the pandemic. Deposit money. Disincentivize them. Give them the money in their paycheck. Oh, I don't have to go in. Oh, I don't have to work that hard. And guess what? If you're part of a union, they can't fire you. Yes. The Albuquerque Journal decides to go front page with this whole thing with the uh, uh, weirdo, tatted, uh, shirted, uh, backpack-wearing, double woke union organizer, Victoriano Cardenas. Oh, here we go. Sure, he's going to tell me the story of Cesar Chavez, right? No, he probably doesn't. On any given day, you might find him working at an independent, locally-owned bookstore. Oh, here we go. Here comes all the woke crap. We'll talk about this when we return. Because this is exactly what is creating the new economy. This is the great, and they don't, oh, Ben and Jerry's is a great company. Their CEO doesn't make, you know, 128,000 times what the lowest uh, worker makes. And they give you all these things, folks. We are removing incentives and wrecking our economy. We are wrecking everything. If Amazon and some of the most profitable companies in the world don't want to do it, why do we continue to push this, push this ridiculousness 
of unionization. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Keep your texts uh, coming, folks. I'll uh, read them uh, throughout the rest of the hour. I'll take the call that's hanging on the line, too. Back in three here, you and me in the Kiva. We'll get to a quick uh, call to pick things up. By the way, uh, you know, Walter's a great owner. That would be terrible if his workers decided to start unionizing or any workers. Uh, you know, workers can go and they can pick and choose. And if they're not getting treated right, then they pick up and leave. And if they want to make more money and they don't like what they're doing, they can go uh, leave. Find that. And if they really like it, they're going to double down and, hey, I'll help you out. I'm going to work harder. I want my business to get better. I take pride. I wear the shirt. I, I wear all the corporate gear. Like, that, that's awesome. That used to be a thing in this country. People were proud. Yeah, I gave I gave forty years of my life to that company. You know, like I, you know, you know, Dowd's got to feel pretty good. Like he literally says last year, like oh, remember, he's not an employee, but he's happy to be affiliated with me, and I've got to do what I can to, you know, kind of keep him happy by doing work. He wants me to do better. I want him to do better. You know, the reason why he's not doing all the show notes anymore is because I think we're beyond that. He needs to focus on you know, sort of coming into his own, you know, the Dowd Muska Institute. I mean, he's 10 times smarter than Paul Gessing. He started writing my weekly column again this week, Eddie. So that's fabulous. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, he's, he's, he, you know, uh, look, the Republican party hates me. How stupid is that? That's a stupid, stupid thing, right? Like no one's done more to help Republicans and Republican cause and talk about policy and educate people and help people. And I can go on and on. Do I, do I feel bad? No, I just know that there's political people. There's just controlled opposition that are just stupid. And they're all female, by the way. Every single one, except there's one short little man who is a, an angry little man because he's a, he's kind of a misfit. He and his wife are misfits, in my opinion. Um, you know, And they never are comfortable in their own skin. I, I've, I've helped them. I've worked on their stuff trying to get them elected. I mean, you, you can't be appreciated all the time, and that's fine. But you need to love where you're at and what you're doing. You don't sit there and complain, ah, my boss is terrible. Give me more. You know, I'm getting sued by a volunteer because I didn't compensate her. I'm like, oh, hence volunteer. Why, why? And I said, well, do you want to go to mediation? Now she's, now she doesn't want to go to mediation. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess you want to turn this into a public spat. I'm going to, I'm going to take you down, Eddie. Okay. Well, I guess that's what you're going to do. You're going to take me down. I mean, a lot of people have tried. Oh, why five? We finally got to you. We, we took you down. Get in line. Yeah. Get in line. Like, this is what I do for a living. You won't be the first. Yeah. This, uh, oh, you like court. You like, like, I don't like conflict, but I really, really love it. I don't want to be engaged in any kind of conflict, but I look for things. I find things. I create enemies. You want to know what your values are? Create enemies. Find them. Create as many enemies as you can and as many friends as you can, as fast as you can. Nothing will give you a better read on the world, okay? Stand for something. Create what your value system is like. I know I'm not affi- affiliated with any of that, Phil. It's like, oh, well, don't you say I have something to say about uh, Coy Griffin? There's nothing to do with me. I give a crap about Coy. Even one time out here on the radio station, that was about it. I'm like, he's kind of a stupid man. I don't want to be affiliated with stupid people. When I, down the very first day that I met him, he wrote down my name on, on his little notebook. 
It sounds kind of funny. But, but he maybe did. I'll get a Valentine from him someday. <laughs> I literally, and it's like, as the moment he walked in, I'm like, that's what I'm looking for right there. And I said, okay, well, I'll wait for Paul Guessing to screw that one up too. You know, and I'll just, I literally just, and he like, did. I just literally bide my time. I, I just know the nature of something and then I just go after. I'm very perceptive in that way. And I look at things and like, you don't need to know people, you just know, need to know their nature. And that's, what's important. So we provide a solid product every single day and uh, we're happy to be affiliated. And this is an at will. Uh, Doubt is uh, right to work. If he says he's not going to show up, I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to show up here for? No. If Doubt shuts off his camera for a week, I'll be like, I'm still doing the show. That's just kind of the way it goes. I mean, I did a, he took off. Every, I'm like, go on my vacation. That's what you got to do. Right. And, and anyway. if Eddie ever shuts down the radio station, I, I'm at DowdMuska.com. I'm going to keep running. <laughs> We're going to do the same things. Yeah, whatever it is, we'll still we'll still be doing it. And Dowd is here as insurance. That way, when someone decides to go ahead and mess with me, we got all the goodies on them, top to bottom. We've got piles and piles and piles and notebooks and, you know, USB drives and everything. Please. We're looking for you to mess with us. Uh, 550-5500. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Jeff. I work over on the base. Hi, uh, Jeff. I'm calling for uh, Hey, great to talk to you guys. I've been offline a while, but I just found this. I had to share. I don't know if you've seen it or not yet. Okay. I scan all the blogs, so I can talk intelligently to little idiots who don't want to listen to me out there. And what I saw today was on Caroline blog. And the article is Green Revolution is Impossible. Basically, as you know, there's probably... Speak slower, Jeff. Speak slower. Your, sure. your, your phone is okay. not that clear. So if you could slow down oh, okay. what you're saying so we could hear you a little better. Go ahead. There are there are states like California that is mandating by 2035 only selling electric cars in 15 right. other states considering it. Probably in Mexico because we're that stupid here. Yep. And the problem that is brought up in here is a professor, Simon Mishak, did an analysis of mining in 2019 last normal year for mining production worldwide and analyze total global production of all the metals to include, of course, uh, copper, nickel, lithium, germanium, and all these things. And get an analysis of what it would take for production of the first generation, not to mention second and third, to replace And came out with the fact that there is not enough production per annum to create all the cars that we need. And they came up with the fact that at per production rates to replace First generation cars would be 189 years worth of copper production, 1700 <laughs> years of copper production. So say that again. Um, Did you say 1700 years of how much of what? 1700 years for 1700 years of coal, 100 years for nickel, for just replacing the current cars. If we went all four nationwide and said get rid of the nasty gasoline vehicles, and the other issue is relative to demand. Current known reserves of lithium and cobalt are respectively three and four percent of what we need globally to produce the cars just in these United States. So in effect, and also what he doesn't bring up in the article, this is just for cars. He doesn't bring up the fact that I'm an IT guy, I do infrastructure. You gotta build transmission lines to every single place where these little pissant gas stations out there that provide gas and they need more power for the charging stations. So you've got more copper and it affects the market in terms of demand and supply for all of these commodities and increases it raising the cost of everything else. It's called uh, the Green Revolution is Impossible. There's a YouTube video okay. on this showing we 
don't have enough metal on all levels to remotely meet the requirements, not to mention current demands globally as it stands. There's no way we can build them, and it would take way more time than you and I will be alive. So this is very reasonable. Um, these are these are things that you have done, but we're not dealing with reasonable people. Uh, we're dealing with agendas uh, that have uh, been given, you know, the uh, the blessing of the sort of the new world order. And the reason for them doing this is because I think they want to get to a point where they can justify an election, or excuse me, um, extinction level event. And I think that extinction level event is a vaccination, and that vaccination. And not to get uh, too far into the weeds on all this, uh, we'll work on that. We're going to talk about this during our third hour. We're going to talk. Are, are you back, sir? By virtue of the fact that you work I, on base? Actually, I refused it and chose to get COVID instead, and I survived. Okay, so but you don't have any vaccination, right? None. Okay. I, I refused to. I, I'm already I'm already in love with you, and you're capable. <laughs> you are now a human being. So you know you're a reasonable person. You're using your your brain and uh, the information that you provide, even if you were to provide it to, uh, this is why elections are so important, uh, people who are elected, uh, you know, uh, politicians, so who will sell anything, by the way. First they sell their soul, and then they take whatever you want to sell, and they'll turn it into their platform, and that's what they'll believe for that cycle, and then they'll come back and find something else. They're like, you know, priests with new religions every two, four, six years, depending on how often they get elected. So, um, Eddie, if I may interject, uh, I'd also like to thank the caller for bringing this issue up. Uh, This was a fantastic analysis. He mentions it, and I'm going to do some marketing and let people know that if you were a subscriber, you would have gotten this analysis 61 hours ago in your inbox from the Daily Blast. Oh, there we go. So you got that as, uh, as <laughs> there well. There you go. Yeah, you become a subscriber. By the way. Jeff, you become a subscriber uh, as well and uh, text in anytime and uh, share links and we'll provide them for our audience here. You know, it just takes a small nucleus. You know, it takes 1% to change the entire state. And that's what we're committed to here in, in the Kiva. And it's a slow burn. Well, it's, it's, Eddie, just to close it out, sure. only in this country and in California can Gavin, my teeth and hair are perfect, Newsom put out something on price, we're all going to be happy with electric cars, and on Monday go, oh, but don't charge them, and nobody holds them to it. Well, what? let me ask you a question, since you're as intelligent as you are, and you read, and then you're very technical. How would you hold Gavin Newsom to it? Exactly what type of penalty should uh, Gavin Newsom receive? How could the public in California, the enslaved uh, uh, citizens of California, how, how would they possibly pen- penalize him? Well, here's what I'll say. I know you read every day. I know both you and Dow read every day. I read 15 to 20 different websites and blogs every morning in 20 minutes to educate myself. Until we get rid of stupid students, stupid college students, and stupid voters who do things other than play video games and watch sports and actually try to know the, the data and facts, they're screwed, and concurrently, we are screwed correctly. It is an issue of knowledge and education and caring and intent. And I have no good answer because to do that requires you to do something other than watch ESPN. Jeff, you're my favorite caller. There's no doubt about it. You can come into the Kiva anytime, sir. I'm absolutely illuminated uh, by what you've shared here. And uh, thank you so much uh, for joining in the program this afternoon. Good stuff. Yeah, that's that's just quality. That's what you get in the Kiva. It's like it's, and it's a great analysis by a professor over in Europe. And um, it's uh, currently available. It was available 61 hours ago at rockoftalk.chat. <laughs> Literally telling you, hey, Eddie, it reminds me of when the progressive media outfit, the Young Turks, had their employee attempt to unionize. (laughs) They were told how bad it would be despite them supporting unionization for every other company. 
Um, Murder Mike says, so my dad, KL House Construction, over 40 years. They were a union shop. Only way to get a city and federal job. They were strictly commercial contractors. We'll pick it up with more unions and more idiocy right here in the Kiva from those bad actors. time in Beijing, 7.48 a.m., London time, 12.48 a.m., and New York City, 7.48. I think it's always good to just kind of bring up those perspectives of uh, different places, just uh, thinking to know and reminder that the world is spinning around. So some people won't make it out uh, alive out of today, um, but for those people who say they didn't make it out alive today, it is tomorrow. The murder rate, uh, I think we'll get an official count on Friday from Murder Mike. Um, He's been trying to Keep tabs on that harder and harder. No scanners. Uh, Got to protect it for the election. Make sure Eddie Aragon and his crew aren't out talking about how many murders there are, how bad it is. And I do subscribe to ABQ Raw, but I find their information just not very helpful. They're basically just, you know, going to pick up the reports and stuff. And they're they're trying to espablotter their their website. Good enough, guys, though. I like the fact that they are, you know, doing that. But they seem to have sort of a Democrat bent to it. Uh, kind of see a little bit of that uh, in there. Let me read a few more of your texts back to unionization uh, here in a second. Van Rutherford was my grandfather's partner until my grandfather went residential and George commercial. My mom's cousin was Rutherford as a supervisor for decades. That's awesome. Great. George Rutherford uh, built the city as well. I mean, so much was done by uh, Mr. Rutherford. And like I said, you know, Bradbury Stam changes. It's important to know. Good info today. I almost went to a union. I almost went union a month ago. So I'm glad I didn't. I don't believe I should pay to keep my job. Well, it's not to keep your job, but you shouldn't have to pay a portion of your, to give them your political opinions. It's, um, you know, sort of corralling and communizing you. Uh, that's turning into every one of your union. You don't identify with all those guys. Uh, you want to separate yourself and, you know, be unique. Unions are hotbeds of socialism. Yes, they are. I heard a stock, excuse me, an electrical engineer told me modern solar panels are just very slightly more efficient than they were in the 70. Now, Jeff was just... <coughs> Jeff was only talking about, I ate this chili popcorn, by the way. Monroe's needs to make this. They need to make chili caribe, and they need to make chili popcorn. I'm eating your other bag of chili popcorn. It's got a date on it of 831, Dowd, but I'm eating it after the fact. Uh, Red and green chili cheese. My gosh, it's so good. You know, I will tell you, uh, much appreciated, sir. Uh, Your Cheetos have gone to my kids. They're currently (laughs) eating them. Uh, So... I did. I, I whipped up. Those a- were paid for by Scottish money, by the way. That was oh, uh, really? the, road, the road trip. So thank my oh, sister and brother. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. Uh, salute. Salute to uh, both of them. It's uh, Scotland's uh, you know, current time. They're sleeping. <laughs> really yeah. sleeping. Definitely by now. <laughs> Electrical engineer told me modern solar panels are just very slightly more efficient than they were in the 70s. Okay. So what I was about to say about Jeff was Jeff was only giving us the breakdown on cars. We haven't even got into all the other crap. How it's manufactured, what's in it. You're about to hear more about that. We're going to get into the Amazon to kick off hour three, uh, <clears throat> which is going to be interesting. So, um, clearing my throat, I was watching my show. I was like, I cleared my throat like three or four times. I didn't even know. It's a tick, 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 tick tock. Uh, total waste of money, in my humble opinion. Coal, gas, and oil are where it's at. Most bang for the buck. Uh, there's a funny commercial about bang for the buck. Uh, carbon dioxide is respirated by plants who turn in, in turn, exhale oxygen. Okay. 
Uh, learning so much. Eddie, a new booster came in today. I couldn't help it, but giggle. That's why we're talking about, uh, that's why we're talking about it. We'll be talking about the new booster in hour three. Uh, ladies I and gentlemen, I won't be here for the third hour. I, I didn't know there was a new booster. <laughs> <laughs> I could not help but giggle watching the people lined up out the door to get yet another clot shot and also feel a wee bit sad. Five times not Bex. And <clears throat> Anne sent me a bunch of stuff. Um, she and her husband went to uh, Minnesota. And uh, she sent me a wonderful shirt and magnets that are on the fridge. You see all the, uh, you didn't go to Area 15 in in, uh, in Vegas, right? Uh, it's, it's on next year's list. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll make it. I hate, I hate horn abusers, Eddie. I have the insatiable urge to beat horn abusers to a pulp. Uh, yeah, I don't really use uh, the horn. I did um, did it at an earlier time in my life. I'll say that it's just like when the I'm Amazon in- van folks is coming right in front of you. Sometimes you gotta, I'm, I'm not a horn abuser, but on occasion you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the reason why you're seeing all this push towards union and the front page of the Albuquerque journal with this crazy guy is it's voting season, folks. It's only for votes. And so when Matthew Navais, a journal staff writer is writing for the journal. He's trying to corral the Latinos to vote for the Democrats. Listen to some of these quotes. Pretty interesting. But Cardenas gripes have nothing to do with the bookstore specifically. It's what he calls the corporate culture. So many businesses, including locally owned ones, have adopted. That culture has a focus on making money at the hands of employees who are feeling overworked, underpaid, and not appreciated, he said. Just tell stories all you want, bro. You've never owned a business. You don't know what that f you're talking about why don't those companies have the decency to operate at a loss then you'd have your job forever little man (laughs) don't hire this man or remember when remember when all of those employees got together to shut down kelly's because two of them got to that's a form of unionization oh he was doing that work we can make some money if we just speak up about it we got a lawyer to talk to him and he says that we can oh yeah they got paid out money 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 honey all they had to do was just all have the same story, agree to what they're saying, get coached by a lawyer. And um, listen, karma's, karma's a bitch. And all of those employees will suffer as a word. Look, look at the lottery winners. You see what happens once they get that windfall of money? Like, you know, Eddie, how come you don't want, want this? How come you don't want that? Look, look at what it does. You Like politicians who sell their soul. I'm not a politician. One of the reasons I'll you know never be successful as a politician is because I'm not unwilling to sell my soul. I tell the truth. That's the problem, right? And they've taken all, all those all these uh, pushback from people. The pay Cardinius makes 12 an hour. That's not enough, bro, to cover his expenses. And the company doesn't offer any benefits. I need the bennies, man. I need the free. I need the hookups. I need the corporate box seats. Yeah, uh, you really like your company when they give you free tickets to the bait. To the Dukes. We're going to go see the Dukes. This is, that's badass. He was buying me beer. He's actually a pretty cool guy, after all. I'm sorry I ever tried to use... No, I'm not. He's a bad guy. He's trying to make money. Uh, the corporate culture, you guys... Where's that been? Folks, these businesses had to shut down. They had to pay you. You got all the... And they, they're still the villains. And the employees are making a change, Cardinia says. They're forming the unions, requesting higher pay and better benefits, asking to be treated fairly all over the workplaces. I can see a shift. And I think it's because people are getting more educated about what benefits and pay have been like in the past. No, we're paying an exponential amount. That's a big word. I didn't even have to go to school for that. But if I use it, that's a million dollar exponential. 
You're making profits on me for everything. Tuition and housing, food and gas, pretty soon water. It's not what we don't want to work. We want to work and we want to be rewarded and be able to live and raise a family. Oh, really? Your transgender family? You're, uh, uh, here's my partner. This is uh, Ben and Tom. They're gay and they want to adopt your child. I mean, folks, let's get rid of this whole entire crap picture. I told you once we get to rank choice voting, I want you to leave the state. I'll also end up staying here. I'll still be talking about this place, right? But I'm going to tell you, you will never get to the point. This is going to get further empowered. Saberes poder no. These are stupid people. Cardenas, I'd love to see your your resume. Why are you only working for 12 bucks? Because you like to strike it up. I'm a meta, I'm a, I bet he has his meta, medicinal card user, right? But he's got, uh, he's been using the CBD for life. It eases him out, slows up the day at the end. It takes the edge off. Then you have this other picture of this guy, Greg Frazier, you know, this woke white guy. This is hilarious. Who is the local chapter of United Food and Commercial Workers poses for a portrait at the local headquarters in Albuquerque on Thursday. Now, uh, Dowd, I know you took on the, uh, the uh, uh, what's the union boss for, <laughs> for, oh, for the, for the uh, theater? Oh. Yeah, the, I see. John uh, Henry was yeah. a creepy yeah. dude. Well, all he was doing, didn't he get sued for sexual harassment? He's grabbing he had, ass he, today. He had some Harvey Weinstein issues, if I recall yeah. correctly. Unions are enjoying a resurgence in popularity in New Mexico. No, he Greg Frazier doesn't talk like that. Unions are enjoying a resurgence in popularity in New Mexico and across the United States. These corporate people are absolutely using and abusing these employees. It's time for us to get ours. Vote Joe Biden. Like, this is the crap. This is all they're doing, folks. They're literally legislating their laziness uh, through their unionization. Look at APD. Look at the city of Albuquerque workers. That, that place is cleaned out, right? The only thing that's left down, downtown after 5 p.m. are cockroaches. Everything's shuttered. There's one thing this state knows, and it knows how to get real stupid right around the elections. It just does. I don't know how we do it. Just when you think things haven't gotten stupid or woke enough, New Mexico will find a way. We're going to talk about elections. We'll talk about, you know, unionizing and the bitching and the moaning that continues to come from the left. That's all they do. They know how to complain. They don't know how to fix things. For 89 years, 90 years, these folks have been in charge. Has the situation improved? No, of course it hasn't. But they certainly know how to demonize us. They know how to demonize business. This is why New Mexico, if under the current leadership continues for the next 90 years, will be a dust land because there will be no government to feed it. Texas will split off. Florida will split off and will say, I don't want anything to do with the soul-sucking New Mexico's and California's and Washington states anymore. We'd be better off keeping our own and we don't even tax our own citizens. We make money, we drive businesses here. We reward people who reward themselves. And we're gonna talk about unions and Amazon. I don't know if we're gonna have time to break into the COVID because uh, I'm enjoying this conversation and uh, all of your texts that you guys are sending. And the data dump. And the, oh, you gotta do, we'll kick it off with the data dump and then back to the union stuff. And then uh, 
We'll get all the uh, COVID to kick off uh, hour one tomorrow. There's a lot uh, that's there. Science and the Rona, the pandemic. Boy, it's all bad. Hour three, you and me and the doubt makes three. Next hour, here's the people. in the 505 with more 411 here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Erga on the Rock of Talk. Worldwide on rockoftalk.com, AM 1600 KIBA here locally. Rockoftalk.com, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. You can watch us. Mira, look at him. He's all tall and stuff. You can go ahead and podcast this on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And uh, Audible. I like going to Audible, really getting into those. I love the books. Gotta love the books. My ears, they read. They see, they see things. And uh, don't forget, you can also download the app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and get all the show notes with the links. Don't do the research. Don't stop on the side of the road. What is that big guy saying? I'm going to take down some notes here. No, you don't have to do that. We literally provide you with all the – literally, we give you the whole show. That's some that, that's some real uh, cred right there. Hour three, you and me, and the Dowd makes three, 3,000. Time for a data dump with uh, D. Dowd Muska. He's raring to go to kick off things during this third hour. Dowd, what you got for us, and how are you? Uh, very well, and, and I'm always excited in the third hour, folks, because I love doing the data dump. And if you yeah. want me to keep doing it, let Eddie know. Let me know. Uh, you know, we're not uh, we're not drawing huge conclusions by this. We're just giving you uh, every five days a week, just kind of the latest numbers and, and where yep. things stand. And uh, we're not here to terrorize you, and we're not here to tell you everything's going to be good. We're just going to give you reality, reality, reality. Uh, Doctor Drew has a wonderful phrase. Reality on reality's terms. <laughs> I do so like Doctor Drew. I <laughs> yes, do like Doctor Drew. I think he is yes. uh, good. The at, left hates Doctor Drew. He he is much more to oh, the right than he ever was to the left. Yeah, um, and he's, he's not, getting more right wing. I think actually. Um, uh, I, I won't call it right wing. We don't have to plan it that way. He's just talking no. common sense. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like people who think and then people who don't. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. And I think some of the things about homelessness in California and Rome uh-huh. lockdowns, he right. has not been on board with the Gavin Newsom uh, narrative, and they've they've hated him for it. Uh, and, of course, Adam Carolla, my, my favorite, they've hated him for that, too. The teacher union's been after him. Uh, the big news today, folks, we have yeah. these people. Uh, they work for this amazing organization called the Federal Reserve. It was created in 1913. Some people call it the creature from Jekyll Island. Um they have more than a little power over our economy. And eight mm-hmm. times a year, the, the gods of the Federal Reserve, they come down from Mount Olympus. There's, they stay, they're up at the top of a giant pile of fake money. Uh, and they descend eight times a year. And they present to us, we uh, mere troglodytes, they present to us the beige book. The beige book. Uh, you may have heard about this. They Everybody in the media goes crazy about the beige book. Uh, it's basically a survey of the 12 different districts of, of the Federal Reserve. Nobody at the Biden White House today is going to be happy about the latest beige book. Uh, according to the Fed's 12 districts, this is the official report of the creature from Jekyll Island. Uh, the economy, the United States economy, is headed for, quote, a generally weak, close quote, six to 12 months uh, going forward. Uh, five districts says that uh, said that their economies were growing only slightly. Five others said that they were seeing uh, a retrenchment uh, in their economies. And again, the outlook for future economic growth remained, quote, generally weak. 
close quote. Uh, that is not going to be happy with the election, what, two days from tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure uh, Jean-Pierre, our beloved Kareem or Kareem or whatever Jean-Pierre is uh, not going to be, all the flax for Biden are not going to be happy about that. Uh, another reason to not be super happy if you want a booming economy, the average contract interest rate for the 30-year 30 30-year 30 typical fixed rate mortgage uh, it increased to 5.94% from 5.80%. Uh, that's according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Assuming, I assume they know what they're talking about. Mortgage applications to refi, you know, the famous refi where you try to get a lower rate, fell uh, 1% for the week. They were, and Eddie, this is a big number, 83% lower, the number of uh, applications for refis than the same week one year ago. Not an 83% drop in one week, an 83% year-over-year right. week com- uh, comparison. Yeah, if you didn't, let me stop jump in here. If you didn't do sure. your refi during the low interest rates, uh, you weren't going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You probably won't do it for a couple of years and wait for things to sort of normalize. I think you're going to continue to see uh, these trends. Remember, the trend is your friend. Say that to yourself. What direction are things going? So you got to know when to jump in and what to read. And that's why this data is uh, good. Now, continue. Yeah, continuing in the uh, in the real estate sector, and I'm, I'm always deferential to Eddie because he's forgotten more about real estate than I'll ever know. And one of the things that is fun, one of the funnest things, one of the funner things you can do uh, listening in the Kiva is listen to Eddie on the weekend talk to the real estate people because then you get the back and forth between all of their experience, uh, you know, whether it's Walt, Art, uh, Walt Arnold or Artigo and Tracy and then Eddie's vast experience. Uh, I've learned more about real estate in the last couple of years than I ever knew in the first 48 years. Median home prices, uh, they declined just a little under 1% from June to July, uh, according to a mortgage monitor report from the firm Black Knight. This is a mm. quote from the president of this uh, corporation or this firm, Black Knight Data and Analytics. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Annual home price appreciation still came in at over 14%, but in a market characterized by as much volatility and rapid change as today's, such backward-looking metrics can be misleading as they can mask more current pressing realities, okay? Uh, Another way to look at this is home prices uh, from their peaks uh, they hit their peaks in more than 85% of major real estate markets. Uh, they have declined uh, in 85% of real estate markets from their peaks. So, um, you know, people have a, and I'll, I'll ask Eddie about this. I mean, people do identify rightly or wrongly uh, with their household wealth, the, the, the worth of their property with their net wealth. Um, and, uh, you know, if people are thinking, ooh, my house isn't worth what it was, does that affect your consumer spending? I mean, I think it's probably natural that's going to happen for, for some people. Uh, they do talk about how your house is your biggest uh, investment, although the investor Peter Schiff says housing is consumption. Don't think about it as investment. There's quite a debate about all of that. But uh, yeah, Peter again, you know, is, uh, Peter Schiff, also known as Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom, um, yes. Uh, yes. So he is the one who uh, forecasted what happened in 2007, 2008. He's a, a brilliant podcaster as well. Uh, he's a big renter, and uh, Tigo and Tracy want to kill me right now, and he's a big advocate for renting yes. if your lifestyle fits that. Now, I think he makes the exception for, you know, you're married with kids, you're going to work, you're going to live and work someplace for 40 years. It's probably a good idea to buy a house. But maybe for more like Dida and Muska, maybe at the end of the day, renting, you know, might make more sense. Uh, one thing I'd love to be if I were in that income group, is the luxury car buyer group? I, I would I, even if I had money, I wouldn't buy a luxury car. But if that's your thing, go go buy a luxury car. BMW, Mercedes Benz, Tesla, 
their share of new vehicles sold has steadily no. grown in the last few years. This was the Wall Street Journal reporting. Uh, they are now accounting no. for a 17.3% uh, record high in terms of the overall car market. It's almost like middle-class Joe. Yeah. In middle-class Joe's world, the middle-class cars aren't selling as well as the super wealthy cars. BMW, uh, it's, well, it's, it's called, it goes back to Thorstein Veblen, uh, uh, conspicuous. We're talking about all the economists today. Thorstein Veblen, the conspicuous uh, consumption. People yep, yep. are buying what they see. And this is why everyone's running around with these asinine $1,200 car payments. You're an idiot. Uh, it, the shift, according to the journal, has been fueled by cash-rich buyers hmm. who were able to bank savings during the pandemic. And of course, when they Aww. say during the pandemic, they mean during the lockdown. It's two different things. Uh, and growing wealth among shoppers in the upper income brackets. But wait a minute. Evil orange man who, who ran his whole administration to only benefit the upper income people. We got rid of him a long time ago. But wait a minute. The upper income brackets are, are accelerating their purchase of luxury cars. That doesn't really fit the progressive narrative in the white house I, I i don't i don't know all right moving on uh trade uh, i will uh i will talk to you about exports and imports uh one thing i will not talk about is the trade deficit ladies and gentlemen because uh you economic nationalists you steve bannon types hey uh, you are hey. simply wrong as a matter of fact as a simple matter of fact, you are wrong. There is no such thing as a trade deficit. It is an imaginary figure. It's the chupacabra of economics because uh, when you have a trade deficit, okay, that means you have a capital investment surplus. You can look this up online, okay? The money, all right, that we don't, uh, that, that, that it, the money that we send abroad, if it doesn't come back in the terms of purchases, it comes back in the terms of uh, buying of equities, buying of land, foreign direct investment. All of those things benefit the United States. So I know you want to believe in this ridiculous zero-sum nonsense when it comes to trade, um, but uh, reality uh, reality goes in another direction. So we're not going to talk about the trade deficit because it's not a thing. But the numbers on exports and imports, they are you know individual statistics. Well, uh, our export and we return D-Dow Musk. Oh, that's strong Right here in the Kiva. Six eighteen here in Nikiva. We'll continue with the uh, data dump. I was just looking at some data right here. Broncos country. That's right. Russell Wilson says Patrick Mahomes is the most liked NFL player. I don't know what it is, but uh, as soon as you're uh, a black guy and you're nice, uh, you're, you're automatically on top of everyone's list. It's just, I don't know what it is. Uh, some days I just, can I claim uh, my 4.6% black and just be a nice guy all the time? Do you think mm. that's going to help, help my favorite? And he's 4.6% likable. That's it, 4. <laughs> That's double my rate. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes, the most list like uh, this from Morning Console because they're doing all the important uh, deep data dives. You know, this is this is what's on the minds of people. It's uh, who's the most liked? Which who's your favorite player? Do you have his jersey? I mean, you see these idiots are running around in jerseys all the time. I, I bought a jersey for Larry Fitzgerald because I liked him so much. I really like Larry. I thought he was the uh, the gentleman of the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, you know the proximity, and I. Cheered on the cards forever, not to mention Pat Tillman. I saw his last game in, oh, wow. in uh, Arizona. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Uh, his family is amazing. They do the, the 
the uh, the Tillman run every year. His wife's a wonderful person. You know, it's just like, where have all the cowboys gone, right? <laughs> where, where is my John Wayne? You don't want a John Wayne anymore because apparently he's racist. Uh, yeah, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Uh, I think Tom Brady's the most likable person, but may- maybe not. Apparently, uh, he just wants to be a kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I just want to hang out with my friends and act goofy and drink beer, I guess. Uh, I, I, my my rating of Tom Brady has actually dropped late, uh, lately, Dowd. I'm not, not as much of a fan. If his wife is getting angry with him, I'm just going to tell you. And he's yeah. married to Giselle. I'm, yeah. I'm going to suggest, and if you won seven Super Bowls, uh, Tom, I'm going to suggest that you just hang hang up the cleats, bro. Hang out with the fam, bro. You got it all. Go out, go out on top, you know. I mean, I could just see it. You can face down linebackers trying to tear your head off, but you can't face down a Brazilian ex-supermodel. No, and, it, and, and I think that, isn't she like 5'11 or something? She's, she's like, tall. She's tall. You ain't going to find that again there, Tom Brady. Matt Stafford, Maddie Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Cooper, Cooper, the, Cooper the Cup, Cooper the Cup. You gotta, I listen to the Super Bowl in Spanish. It's hilarious. <laughs> Well, that's the only way I could really tolerate it because there was no Tom Brady in it. So there it is uh, uh, <clears throat> on that. Uh, other uh, stuff that Morning Console is tracking, Russia-Ukraine crisis tracker. Um, apparently only 17% of the country feels like we should send send the troops uh, to the Ukraine. Yep. Um, you got Zelensky ringing the bells here in... <laughs> You saw that, right? Did you finally go up and look at that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he did it remotely, though, right? He pushed some button or something. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Still, he's there. Uh, how U.S. consumer confidence has shifted over time. Uh, let's see. January 2020, we were at 119. In fact, uh, when Donald Trump gave his his great speech to uh, Maharaja, uh, remember, that was just the best. Yeah. I, I, I cry. I weep when I see that. It's a beautiful man. Love my, love my it's great moment in American history, and everything's yeah, been a dumpster fire basically since that day. <laughs> yeah, February fifth, February the fifth, uh, one eighteen, and now the consumer confidence, boy, boy, low, 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 low. I like those. Uh, uh, seventy six, seventy six. Used to be at one eighteen. So, Dowd, uh, I had to, I had to stop Dowd from taking down the entire uh, place in flames with his uh, <clears throat> free trade. Uh, uh, Stuff, yeah, we, we, anyway. we can't have any of that. Uh, uh, bottom line, <laughs> exports are uh, slightly up. Imports are also uh, slightly down, uh, okay. which is interesting if you look historically. Usually when imports are going down, that means the economy is not doing well. But we, yeah, just we can, one we, final point on the international situation. Australia, the Aussies, you know, uh, <laughs> hey, good day, Bruce. How are you, Bruce? Uh, someday, I'm, Eddie, someday I'm going to sing the Bruce's Philosopher song for uh the, the listeners uh from monty Python. is it a real song emmanuel yeah, kent was a real yeah yeah um oh. australia economy uh has picked up speed in the june quarter oh. uh, consumers kept their spending up uh the australian bureau of statistics showed that their gdp rose unlike the united states uh 0.9 percent in the second quarter and uh i'll echo something i said yesterday uh ladies and gentlemen one of the big contributors to Australia's e- expanding economy. Uh, no, no, it's not OnlyFans girls. Uh, no, no, it's not solar panels. Uh, hmm. No, it's not uh, film and television production. Mining! The oh, mining wow. sector was wow. flush with cash as a global scramble for hmm. energy boosted prices for coal and gas. You know, it's huh. too bad there's no coal and natural gas in New Mexico to help our economy out. Boy, I wish we had coal and natural gas here. For as woke as all the Aussies 
these are uh, surprisingly up as uh, abandoned prisoners in the big island where they all got transported uh, they they seemingly are very woke uh with especially with their corona policies uh but yet they are exporting coal so yep. they must like money so uh, anyway that is very interesting crazy uh, crazy uh, by the way chile has the world's largest known lithium reserves just so you know as a, on the back of of Jeff and what he was uh, talking about. Uh, I wanted to uh, play this, Peter Schiff. Uh, everybody knows that I am a, a happy renter, right? There's, oh, Eddie lives in his radio station. Eddie was like, well, it's a big radio station and I work here all the time and I have no employees and I can just, it's kind of interesting, especially when you're, uh, here's here's Schiff on renting. More expensive. And every time the government made it, make it cheaper. And in fact, the government made it a lot more expensive. And every time the government interferes, they do damage, just like, like I said with the housing. They said, we want to make housing affordable. We want more people to be able to afford to buy houses than what the market would naturally allow. And look what happened. Look at the result of the government's efforts to get people to buy houses, regardless of whether or not they can afford them. And in fact, once once housing prices really start to rise, I mean, housing the housing demand wasn't even a function of you know people wanting a place to live. They wanted to get rich. They created a get-rich-quick scheme in the real estate market, right? It was always, you know, people would come to me because I've been renting my house for years, and they would say, well, why are you throwing away all that money? I said, we mean throwing away money. I need a place to live. You wouldn't say I was throwing away money on food or throwing away money on clothing. Why do you think I'm throwing away money on rent? Well, because you could be buying. You could be building equity as if, you know, there was a guarantee. And I said, well, you know, I'm paying money in rent. I said, what about when you're paying money in taxes, in maintenance, in insurance, depreciation? I mean, there's a lot of costs associated with the home ownership, but nobody cared because they didn't think there was a cost. They thought home ownership was free. In fact, they thought it was, they thought you got paid to own a house because it just kept going up. So, but the government created that demand. I mean, they might have started off with, it might have been benevolent on their part. They had good intentions. But the saying about the road to hell being paved with good intentions is there is there for a reason. And unfortunately, that's what I mean, I don't really doubt uh, intentions of Barack Obama. Maybe he's a decent, caring guy, and maybe he actually thinks that what he's doing is going to help. But there's no possible way that that's going to happen. If he really wanted to help, he would level with the American public, just like George Bush should have done when he first came to office. He could have leveled with us, let us know how bad the problems were, and prepared us for the tough times that lie ahead. There it is, Dr. Doom uh, laying it on straight, uh, Dowd, and uh, very interesting. Both you and I are renters. Uh, yeah, Eddie, that might have... be the actual video I watched years ago yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that that turned me in from, from a self-loathing renter into a kind of somewhere in between where, you know, if it fits your lifestyle, go all in on a big property and a big house. But if it doesn't, Maybe it's a maybe it's the bad call, and maybe it might be later in that speech where Peter Schiff talks about. He started to get into it a little bit. When you're a renter, you're free from a lot of things. Uh, if you're month to month, you can pack and go right there. You've got no property to sell and make try to make every buck you can, but you don't control the market, so there's no guarantee that you're going to end up making money on that. He also talks about, and I do this all the time. I call the rental office. I call the you know the the management office and say, you know, this is this my my washing machine is uh, not draining water. They've got to come come go fix it. It's not my problem. So 
uh, I know I know all the real estate people listening hate my guts right now. I'm not saying don't buy a house. I'm no. saying assess your know. assess your life and and act accordingly. And I think Schiff makes a lot of good points there. Yeah, and I doubt the other thing I, I I think I want to impress upon people. You know, doubt has come here to the radio station. This is not. Does this feel like a radio station to you, doubt? When you walk oh, in, no, 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 yeah, no. like you have no idea. And the people who are lucky enough to come in. You know where I'm at, where I'm located, what I'm doing. Like they're like, okay, I I get it. I understand Eddie. I understand what he's doing. I understand. Like it's a twenty four seven business. The radio station is a twenty four seven business. I don't get to shut my doors. Plus, I'm not really interested in going corporate. There's zero things that are corporate about me. I'm I'm probably I think the most community oriented guy out of anybody. Nobody talks more about the community. Nobody talks more about like these things. Like and I'm located in a place that's right across the street from where I grew up. And, you know, these are all like really important things. And I'm like, um, I, I hate to say it this way, cause it sounds like I'm just patting myself on the back, but every city needs an Eddie Aragon. You need someone who's pointing out who believes in, but isn't afraid to share the hard truths about the places where he lives. And what, what Peter Schiff was asking for is the very thing that a politician won't do is level with you. They sell you once yep. they sell their souls then they sell you on what they're doing. And then there, there'll be, you know, Oh, we got a new study in and Oh, this came in and we're too terrible. We got to, they still sell for or against like, I don't do that. I'm involved and rooted in a building that my father, that my father built. And I give you the whole background uh, on that as well. So well, and Eddie, um, I love his comment on the politicians lying to you maybe some of our younger listeners don't aren't old enough to remember what was going on in the early 2000s which was uh housing prices will never fall again uh uh you know we 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 recommend the big short we we recommend uh, a margin call uh steve carell going down to the strippers in miami who each own three homes because they think it's an investment rather than rather than a consumption uh one of my favorite corporate welfare stories i might have told it before uh the company mortgage wait let's let's pick it up there when we return tease it for the next segment yeah yeah, we'll do that uh we never tease anything we normally just (laughs) lay it all out there that's one of the things that you like about our radio stations we're not giving you gimmicks and all the rest of that crap back in three here in the kiva thanks for listening I love this station. What can I say? I'm a steward or a guardian of FCC license, and we report on things in the community, and that's what the radio is for. The radio for exactly that. So you can have a communication and discussion and talk and share information, educate, uh, helping listeners make better decisions, helping you know our advertisers uh, keep their doors open so that you're aware of it. If you like the station, reward the advertisers. Uh, go there and take good care of them, folks, uh, as always. D-Dowd Musk uh, wanted to wrap up his... Uh, his last segment with a story. Go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, Eddie, the, do you remember the name John Shibley? Uh, he, he's a name a oh. lot of radio listeners probably remember from a, a little way back, maybe decade and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Do you remember the phrase, it's the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth? Uh, John Shibley was in charge of uh, Lennox Financial Mortgage. Uh, he ended up oh, yeah, uh, yeah, filing yeah. bankruptcy yeah. Uh, and uh, doing very, very poorly. Uh, he was one of these guys pushing mortgages. 
Remember the pudgy little die tech guy? Oh no, I lost another mortgage to die tech. That, that oh, no. that's back when they were peddling mortgages to people with no income, no money. Remember the ninja loans, no income, no job. I mean, that's yeah. how insane this country was. You think Rona lockdown was bad? It was bad, but let me tell you, back in the early two thousands, it was crazy. One of my favorite corporate welfare stories is in the state of Connecticut. We had this complete dipstick Republican, of course, uh, Governor Jody Rell. She goes to this ceremony for the groundbreaking of Mortgage Lenders Network, MLN, just like John Shibley with Lennox Financial, just with Ditech, all these companies that were just fl- stroking out mortgages, you know, every millisecond. Uh, and she announced that this is the be- this is the future of financial services jobs in Connecticut. Uh, within six months, uh, the housing market crashed, and Mortgage Lenders Network Network uh, was bankrupt. So uh, that's how insane things were uh, on the mortgage side. And again, I'm sorry, real estate well, agents, I'm not bashing not, your your industry, no, but well, let me jump in. Let me jump in for a sec. Remember these. The mortgage industry is very different now. I mean, you just heard Ben's commercial. Yep. Ben's been doing it for decades here. Yep. Okay, yep. Yep. he is as as good as they come. But you know, back then they were dealing with people who were just churning them out, churning and burning on stated income. Oh, you write on paper. You said you swore to your affidavit that you're making five hundred thousand a year and you can afford ten houses. And oh yeah, here you go. Um, they didn't check that. They didn't run the numbers on any of that stuff. And that's what ended up happening. That's how they got caught doing this. Go ahead, Dan. No, and, and, and that's just a funny story. And, and I just was reminded a couple of days ago because there was a comedian on Adam Carolla who had graduated college right when the boom was happening. He had yeah. a friend who was in the uh, appraiser business. And mm-hmm. he said, we did nothing. We drove out to the property, yeah. looked at it, just confirmed yeah. that it was an actual house. And then we just sign off on whatever the appraisal was. I mean, it was economic madness in this country and uh just just a reminder to be careful in the real estate world uh i I do plan to move to ruidoso someday and have my little cabin and i will be a homeowner you know in 20 years why Um, Why not angel fire what's what's wrong with uh i think there's a little less snow in ruidoso eddie as much as i love angel fire there's a little less you know maybe 10 inches less a year 15 inches less a year this is why you got to have so tigo and tracy do stats they give you information um, I think the believers and the trend is your friend and they help you. And, you know, it's a, you're moving down that river of real estate. So how to negotiate that and uh, give advice and get information. And uh, since we're a non-disclosure state, uh, Tico relies on what he needs in order to make decisions, which is data. And uh, that's what helps him, you know, uh, be the very best in the business. He's not trying to sell you something he's advising you yes, as yes, an expert yes. which yes. is very different okay you sell yourself oh i love the way the house looks i love the kitchen oh my god gladys did you see the bedrooms it's amazing oh well pay hey, i crown moldings up. crown moldings <laughs> these people walk in and they're like oh twenty thousand on top of asking who else are we competing like oh my god gladys you're the worst buyer in the world <laughs> you, just, you just wait you just sit here and wait just wait. I bought one house in my life. I made money on that house. I am told I have sold more real estate than anybody that I can think of besides Tigo and Trade. I've sold more real estate. Okay. I have literally advised people and kept them from going into bad decisions because one of the things I love, one of the things I absolutely love is telling people, and I got known for this. I how did you Eddie, how did you close so many real estate deals in, in, in Las Vegas? 
I helped everybody. I gave them the information. I never tried to sell them one thing that they weren't already interested in themselves. They sold themselves. I gave them as much information. And I always would do what I call drill downs in real estate. Okay. So everything is spreads and returns. You're not selling it to a person so much as you're selling it to a number, a credit score, a qualifier, a position. Once you remove the emotion, which is why I could never do housing sales, I would literally, well, you got to remove the, the pictures. It reminds people of who lives here. Like, no, no, we, we don't do like, I, I could never deal with it. That sticks and bricks. Here's it is. You have to, you, it's, you have an, you have a, you have an approach, right? A buy, and then you have an exit or an exit strategy. Remember every partnership, including doubt and I, We'll come to a split at some point. What do we think? What do we know about ships? They all sink. At Thomas Sowell, everybody is a dropout. Even people who went to get their PhDs eventually dropped out of school. <laughs> Every marriage will fail. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of you will die ahead of yep. the other one. That's still a failure. You're not going to be. And, and as my mother says, until death do we part. She's not going to be married to my father in heaven. She's repeatedly said that. <laughs> These are important things. Like at some point, things will become comical if you can uh, rationalize the reality that exists in front of you. And that's all you have to do. I mean, real estate, I would trust nobody else other than Tigo and Tracy. Uh, ben, all day long with your mortgages. And the thing is, is these guys are experts. They have uh, been them, themselves in a position uh, at, in that. And, you know, Tigo's a, an investor. He needs people like me who are renters. If I actually wanted to live in a house. Now there's, I could give you 10, 10 dozen reasons why you don't want to live into a house and uh, why <clears throat> you want to occupy a full service, full service office building mm -hmm, where I work and employ 24. You know, I'm always on the clock doc. You know that 24 oh, yeah. seven, even though I feel like I'm never on the clock. That's it. There you go. So, all right. 550, 50, 500. Uh, let's, uh, you got a few texts and let's go back in. If you gave the U.S. government control of the Sahara, Do Sahara Desert, there would be a shortage of sand within six months. Very good. Very good. Is, that, is that the quote of the day? You should use yeah, that on your loan. I've heard it before, but very good. Still, oh, you have? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bank of America giving free loans. Yeah, uh, free loans to minorities. This is one of the uh, shakedowns that goes on in the uh, zero down mortgage in minority communities. What is a minority community? What does that uh, even mean? I don't even I don't even know what to say to that. Like, wait, am I in a? Uh, I know what a hub zone is, right? <laughs> wait, oh, it's a disadvantaged uh, businesses hub zone. We got to locate there. Is uh, no taxes. They're going to give you me money to go ahead and go into this whole thing. Bank of America launching a mortgage with no down payment or closing costs that aims to promote home ownership in minority communities in five cities. Oh, we've seen this experiment go badly. <laughs> We've got so much money, they don't have to give us a dollar. They just have to be a minority. Now, uh, if you're white people out there, um, you guys can marry a minority and be considered what? A minority. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah, you can go marry a black person. Uh, you know, one of us, a his Hispanics. I'm going to marry my Hispanics. I think I can a take him. A BIPOC? A BIPOC? Yeah. No, what's a BIPOC? I don't know what that black is. Black, indigenous, person of color. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. A BIPOC. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you ride. Uh, apparently, you do. Uh, the new program geared toward first-time home buyers, including designated neighborhoods in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami. Our community affordable loan solution will help make the dream of sustained home ownership, uh, home ownership attainable for more Black and Hispanic families. As part of our, you got to have. A remote, what's the? Uh, 
what's the number of black families that are not raised by a father? Should I repeat this to people? <clears throat> or should I repeat this to the black community? 72%. 72%. Yeah, folks, it's a fact. There's a movie about it. You might want to you might want to look at that. So, uh, first you got to have a family, uh, <clears throat> an actual family to live in a home. So, uh, I don't know what else I could possibly say. That's not mood. That's not mean. That's not rude. That's the reality uh, yet once again. 550, 50, 500. Now I, I have seemed to scramble away from the unionization. I got so excited about all the rest of the other things that we were talking, including our, our data dump. But uh, to kind of revise everything, uh, people don't want to work. The Americans who never went back to work after the pandemic, uh, there is a large proportion of people. In fact, 3 million people, labor participation rate at 61%, folks. It went as low as 60%. We were... Uh, likely to go if that persisted uh, 59, 58, and we would have never come back. But it's changed the culture. And uh, because it is, of course, you know, everyone deserves something. You you deserve better, Alice. He's treating you terrible. You Live deserve your better. best life, girlfriend. <laughs> we should get together for wine, and we should talk about it. Now, I, you know, I have other girlfriends that are going through the very same thing right now, and He's, he's terrible. You, I know a good divorce lawyer. Yep. Uh, we can hang out. Just think what we can do. We can start traveling on our own and doing all He's not stuff. making you happy. <laughs> People are as happy as they make up their minds to be, folks. Uh, just remember that Lincoln said that. And uh, that's important. Uh, if you want to be unhappy, there's literally people who have uh, created an ability to literally bitch and moan and complain about every single thing in the world. I was like, oh, you don't want to be happy? That's totally fine. That is up to you. Your happiness feels real and when you bitch and moan and complain about things guess what that reality sets in for you and that becomes your new reality and then suddenly 10 20 30 years later after you rationalize your happiness that you're better off without him or her or it whatever it is whatever your flavor uh that you're flying is there's 32 different flavors uh, by the way uh of those flags uh, there's not a heterosexual flag though doubt I, there's oh. every other flag under the sun we gotta we gotta create our hetero we gotta create our heterosexual flag uh okay. and what's the what's the organization you're a part of what is that called again? uh that would be uh migtow men going Mig their own way we we is there a flag for that we gotta find out whether or not there is back after a quick break here in the kiva to wrap the show fun show here this afternoon <laughs> putting a smile on your face and um, keeping you company. Uh, radio is a great way to connect with two people who want to connect with you and bring you lots of information and want to feel valued uh, in your life. Uh, Dowd actually just sent me the uh, MGTOW uh, symbol, which literally looks like a, uh, I hate to say it, Dowd. There's no other way to, to say this. It's uh, basically a straight line with a penis. <laughs> That's what I see. So uh, uh, it, uh, To the rest of us, it looks like a freeway with an exit ramp. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just not. It looks like 
And look, anyway, well, well, <clears throat> we'll leave that alone. Eddie won't touch that. Anyway, fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> 99 Homes is another really good real estate movie. 99 Homes. Dowd will look that up. You know, I, I got to get into watching more movies. I got to tell you, these documentaries, I uh, recently jumped into Hulu. Hulu? Uh, Hulu, right? I'm saying that right? Has so many documentaries. Um, I was, I was, uh, I have a, a tendency to gravitate towards the sinister, uh, if you will, the dark and, uh, you know, ID and anybody else get hooked on the ID network stuff? Like, like I do, like I flick it on and I, I get hooked and I sh can't shut it off. You can't want another, like there's people I like that are addicted. And it's like, I start watching that and I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Wait, just tell me what I know it's going to happen. And then, Oh no, I didn't see that coming. You know, did, did the husband really hold her under the, <laughs> under the water or did she pass out drinking too much wine in the tub and, oh. and, and accidentally kill herself? <laughs> I watched this, uh, the guy that worked for Anna Darko, um, and it's a terrible story. I mean, it's absolutely terrible, but I'm like, like there's reasons for the, for the chair, the death penalty. And this man, he was having an affair on his wife. And instead of just breaking the affair and just letting it all came out and, you know, making decisions, uh, this guy took his two children. I saw it. After yeah. his wife came home. In Colorado. His, his wife was an amazing, like, woman. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, this woman jumps off the screen. She's bright, gorgeous, yeah. beautiful family woman. Uh, she's pregnant with a child and oh, he's having an affair with one of his coworkers yep, yep. and uh, he doesn't know how to either break it or get out of it or whatever. And like, if you look at this guy, you're like, Oh, this guy's a decent, he looks great. It looks amazing. You're like, like happy family, happy family. I think I would have, I, 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 I thought they were Mormon, you know, had that kind of edge to him. The kids, the kids were per every kid's perfect. Pretty much. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like dogs, there's never a bad dog. Have you seen the ugly dog contests that are out there? It's like, you, those dogs all deserve love. Like, all those kids, they deserve love, right? Still to this day, I haven't spanked my kids. They're in the other room. They're having the time. I'm feeling good today because my kids are around. I should, truth be told, that that, that it just elevates me on a, a whole the different The Watts family murders 2018. Oh, Frederick, God. Colorado. Yeah. And I oh. literally, I, I, all I could think about was wanting to drive to wherever this man is to kill him. I have very infrequently thought about murder, but I wanted to do the world a favor and kill this man. I think he totally deserves to die because he put Bo, he put one of his children, one of his little girls, he had girls, like yeah, little yeah. baby girls. Yeah. And he put one in, uh, and they're processing oil, he put one in an oil tank, tank and he yeah. put the other one in an oil tank and he strangled his wife to death, drove, drove, the, the 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 his wife Gord, amazing i don't i can't say enough good thing like she was you know she had all her friends and oh by the way she had the coolest friend her her friends like oh yeah no that doesn't seem right doesn't seem right she's like all over her girl you know he's like oh no this uh, left her phone out all this and this guy was like scrambling the whole time and the pos was trying to like keep it all together the entire time the investigators were there and the investigators you know they just get tired of seeing just filth excrement trash like this you know and he he buried his wife like within a hundred yards of where he put both of his two little girls and i just like if there's a hell this man is going there 
He is getting a first class ticket and I would love to provide the meeting, you know, and his wife was pregnant and he took a video of her or she took a video of him like saying, Oh my God, we did it again. We got another one. Oops. Like she was wearing a cute little shirt said, oops, we did it again. I'm like, Oh my gosh. It's like the worst story I've ever seen. The, the documentary, folks, is on, is on Netflix. It's called American Murder, The Family Next Door. And for the rest of my life, I will hate Eddie Aragon for reminding me of, of a couple years ago when I watched this documentary. Did you watch that? Okay. I and did. This happened, I did. This happened in 2018. 18, so, yeah. yeah I highly, but anyway, I get hooked on this stuff, and I just can't stop watching this. And I, I think it's good. I think it's very healthy. I actually think that this is a, a net benefit. Oh yeah, I, I all day long. Like that that guy who seems to have it all together with all his crap and all the you know, his little toys and his boats and his all that. And like, like, yeah, you have no idea what this guy's up to, right? And I think healthy skepticism is actually good. I really do. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people who walk up to me is like, "Well, you, I thought you were this way." All the news, I'm like, I don't really care what people think of me. I've gotten to a point in my life where I just like, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, Eddie, I, I hate Eddie Aragon. Good. I create a website called I Hate Eddie Aragon. Tell me what you hate about me, and I'll go put you included in the, in the video. I don't care. I don't have an ego about me. I know what I love, what I don't love. I know who I like. I know who I don't like. I know what I believe, and I know what I don't believe. I, that's about the sum of me. That's it. That's that, Those are the ABCs of me, and I don't care. So if I if you feel that secure enough in yourself, like, yeah, you know, there's – there's a couple little mistakes out there that I kind of like to correct and, you know, kind of make better. But then I'm like, nah, I don't really care. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I should really, I should feel bad about that. I'm like, do I feel bad about that? No, I don't feel bad about that <laughs> because I can justify like what I did, why I did it, and then rationalize more or less what I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think I've, I've told you this in the past, doubt. Uh, doubt. I, I, I make, I literally, all of my enemies, all of them, I have made friends with all of my enemies. And for those people who stay my enemies, they're stupid to stay at my enemies. Cause all they have to do is like change a few things about the, the things that they're doing in the first place, because they have no integrity. And I think, and, and conversely you've alienated all your friends. So it's a perfect system. It works. <laughs> I think we started out to show that way. Uh, if you don't have enemies, find a way to make them. And if you don't have friends, find a way to make that as much as you can. Folks, life is a contact sport. You find somebody, you like them, tell them you like them. If you find somebody and you love them, tell them you love them. If you find somebody and you hate them, tell them how much you hate them. There is nothing wrong with any of that. You're here to live life every single day. Make decisions, set an example, Leave a legacy. Stand for something. Five fifty, fifty five hundred. If you want to go ahead and uh, text it, down, 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 take it away with your top five. Uh, is brought to you by our great listeners and subscribers of the Rock of Talk dot chat. Uh, just final point, Eddie. Uh, that man was con- sentenced to five life sentences, so we don't want to leave people with this impression that he got away with it. That was Cal- Colorado. Had he lived one state to the south. He'd be a free man today, ladies and gentlemen. I, I uh, we should no find doubt. him. Can we? Is there a way we can, uh, you know, get a meeting with him in prison? I'll just figure out a way. No, I'll go I mean, looking for him. Yeah, yeah a lot of there, states have their prisoner search website. I'll, I'll, I'll see if we can, we can find him. In uh, the number Bible, one, Old Testament, eye for an eye. 
Five, four, nine. Very totally. clear about that. Very clear I, I about don't know that. Why. I, don't, I don't know why. Thou shall not kill. I don't know where we got that, the whole thing. There's certain people that need to arrange. Uh, like, best movie you'll ever watch about arranging the meeting is uh, Denzel Washington, Man on Fire. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's the best movie. And, and, and Dirty Harry. That's... Nothing wrong with shooting as long as the oh, right yeah. people get shot. Uh, oh, our, our top uh, most name. popular story at uh, rockoftalk.chat, the Daily Blast today, was uh, Las Cruces down to the south, folks. Body found in a ditch. Uh, in near Loman, it was an unhoused man. I guess that's what they call homeless people in Las Cruces, oh, it's an unhoused uh, a man. Uh, number two, great yeah. piece at the American Conservative, Pat Buchanan, my old uh, employer's <laughs> website. Uh, the FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, is gaslighting America over natural gas. Unbelievable uh. story. You got to read it. Number three, Institute for Family Studies. They do great work. Turns out parenthood helps moms and dads quit crime when you have something else to focus on. And when you're responsible, you stop Become being a, a criminal. Make a what, kid, what, what, baby. What a uh, number four, in Santa Fe, uh, they have an alternative response unit. That's part of their law enforcement. Now, uh, they don't want to go heavy and incite any kind of violence. So they call the uh, social workers alternative response. So they drop snacks and water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and free cell phones. Uh, and then finally, number five, great piece out of the UK. They're doing some great work over there. The global pandemic industry has no plans to return to normal. And I have a feeling, folks, we're going to get into that in tomorrow's show. Woo. Woo. Good show, Dowd. Had fun with you today. I got to say, I love the time that I spend here. This is by choice, all of us. You by choice of listening. Dowd by choice of him deciding to... Uh, grace us uh, with his presence uh, uh, here in the Kiva every single day from wherever he happens to be. Uh, best way to keep him here is to go ahead and patronize him at rockoftalk.chat. Become a subscriber. Best way to patronize the listening on this radio station, all the great talkers, Clay and Buck, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck will hopefully be back. Uh, when Glenn's gone, his absence is well known. I do enjoy Pat and Stu. I'm not a fan of Steve Deese at all. Uh, I just oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm just not not a, not a, not on board with that. I'm more a fan of Stu than Pat because of the Connecticut connection. <laughs> there you go. See you tomorrow, bright and early, 4 p.m. Thanks for listening.